Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everyone to the spotlight shout out to big dick mlj for the intro as always and shout out to gisberto for the thumbnail i'm jeremy lambert that's steven jensen jensen it is 316 day and let's just start it off here you are famous on 316 day yeah yeah so um back uh this was like seven i think it was seven seasons ago I was live at the Nashville Sounds home opening game. The Nashville Sounds are the minor league baseball club for the uh, that that are out of Nashville, and uh, and yeah, I was there for opening day like seven seasons ago, and I found where they were doing their uh, like the the news uh, like the broadcast from the from the stadium or from the field or whatever you want to call it. So uh, so yeah, I found out where that was and found out exactly like how they had their shots set up and got right in it and uh this is me on the news uh this is like the like the main nashville main nashville news the night of the uh nashville sound game seven years ago if you want to check it out here television star steven jensen after this game right now the sounds are down five zero at first tennessee park high beach box 17 news 
So that's me and my Austin 316 shirt chugging a beer on the news. Um, that's just a random day, by the way. That wasn't like a 316 day. That would just be out, out, out in, out in the wild doing my thing and my Steve Austin shirt at a at a minor league baseball game. But uh, luckily, I was wearing the right shirt, right place, right time. Knew where that camera was at, and uh, yeah. So that that's my that's my little tribute to Stone Cold Steve Austin today. The point is tremendous. Everyone watches and watch Jensen just point at the camera and nod as he chugs this beer. After this game right now, the sounds are down 5-0. At First Tennessee Park, High Beach, Box 17 News. <laughs> you knew, you you were working the hard cam well there, brother. Oh, I knew you exactly, knew exactly. Where Yeah. Right before that shot, like I didn't want to pull the whole clip, but like <clears throat> right before that shot, it's like, it's like up close. It's like tight on me at first. And like, and I don't know that. I just know that like they're about to go live. So I have like my shirt like open like that. And so like you can see like the full Steve Austin and I'm like nodding. And so like, but like the, it was so funny because the guy who was doing the broadcast, like I, Kai, I think it was Kai Beach. I think it said on there. He, <clears throat> he wound up like, he wound up like tweeting each other afterwards or something. And he was like, he was like, dude, that was great. He's like, we love when like just something different happens on the show, other than like, you know, us just saying the news or whatever. So they actually like, they really appreciated that I did that because they had bad comments about it and stuff. They were like, wait, what's up with the dude with the Austin shirt? You know? So uh, so yeah, I uh I thought that was pretty funny and uh a good a good way to uh a good way to 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 you know tribute 316 day here on the show. So Guys, we have a tremendous show for you today on the Spotlight. Maybe our best lineup ever of stuff that we have talked about. We have a fantastic show, over a million viewers in the demo. Uh, we're going to talk about AEW and the Four Pillars and Taya Valkyrie. WWE Bray Wyatt, what's going on with him? Rey Mysterio going into the Hall of Fame at the cre- in the Creator Spotlight at 11 o'clock. we got Haas Tournament winner Hunter Drake for a very good conversation. That is at 11 o'clock. We appreciate everyone tuning in, and let's get into into it and we're gonna start with AEW Steve Jensen. Uh over a million fans uh and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Last night's AEW started with MJF and his rebar mitzvah. Uh didn't have the the fancy suit that we saw in the, the video. Are, we, are you pulling out the yarmulke? I oh, I should. I, I actually didn't yeah. think about that. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I'm just getting hot in this room. It's actually a little bit warmer than I thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got both of them right here. If you want me to throw in the white one of the yeah, blue yeah, one. throw on throw in the Power Ranger yarmulke. Uh, go with the uh, white. There you go. What? Well, blue blue has more of the Rangers on it. I'll get I'll, for whatever reason. I didn't even notice this until I posted the picture yesterday. What's missing off the white one? The white ranger is missing. Well, no, the, the black ranger is missing. Oh, the, the black, black ranger is on the is, other yeah. one. I was like, that's kind of weak. So I'll, I'll put on the, the... Why but is the yarmulke racist? I know. That's what I was saying. I didn't, I've had these things since <laughs> 1995, and I never realized it until I, I posted the picture yesterday on Twitter, like next to each other. And I was like, I was like, well, one of them has the Power Rangers logo. What what, what was different? And I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of lame. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, you can't really see us though because you wear a yarmulke or a kippah, whatever you want to call it, on like the, kind of the back of your head. That's um, all right. Everyone can, knows it's there. I'm con- I'm convinced that um that there's like a hidden meaning beyond this because most Jewish people I know, and I can say this because I, I myself am Jewish. Most Jewish people I know wind up balding 
right around this spot <laughs> kind of early in life. And I always felt like the yarmulke, my brother is a perfect example of this. My brother's, his bald spot, he's three years younger than me. And his bald spot is exactly where you'd wear a yarmulke. And it's the exact <laughs> size of a yarmulke. Um, so yarmulke so, is actually just a bald it's a, spot it's a, it's a bald, It's a bald spot cover. Yes, I'm, I'm convinced. Right. Uh, on top of the, the religious meanings, of course. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've got, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll, wear, I'll wear this yarmulke on the back of my head here um, while, we, uh, while we discuss the, the rebar mitzvah of MJF. Oh, MJF has his rebar mitzvah. He doesn't get very far in his promo before he's cut off by Jungle Boy. And then Jungle Boy gets about two words in before he's cut off by Sammy Guevara. And then Sammy Guevara gets two words in and he is cut off by Darby Allen. And they all come out in this revolving door segment. And basically they air some grievances. They address some enemies and they say they want a title shot at the AEW world title and MJF. This, of course, they are the four pillars of AEW, Steven Jensen. They, they've been there since the very beginning. Everyone tabbed them as these are the guys that are going to carry the company into the future. It is referenced here in this promo. A lot of things referenced here in this promo. Before I give my thoughts, what were your thoughts on this promo, Steven Jensen? <clears throat> I thought it was really good. You know, right when, when Jungle Boy first came out, my first thought was, Oh, okay, cool. Like they've been pushing Jungle Boy. He's been talking about wanting to be a, a, a singles champion. Maybe Jungle Boy will be the next, maybe not the next challenger on pay-per-view, but maybe the next challenger on like a big dynamite or something like that. And then when uh when Sammy came out, I was like, oh, all the pillars are about to come out. Like Darby's gonna be next. And I could kind of see where this was heading. And <clears throat> I liked it a lot. I really did because I think all of them made good points. They all brought up their reasons as to like why they have history with MJF, why they would, why they'd want rematches with MJF, why they want to be the world champions, all of them being the pillars. This all, this is a good example of when AEW's long-term storytelling does really well, in my opinion, because this is, this is for the day one fans that from the beginning of the company have been saying like, these are your, these are kind of your guys. And they've started referring to them as the four pillars. So that all said, I will, I will say kind of without going individually one by one, as I tweeted this last night as well, I don't necessarily know when MJF's title run should end. I, I love where it's at right now. I love the Danielson match. I love what he's done so far. I love him as a champion. I love him as a heel. I think they need to continue on with MJF as a world champion for a while. But if any of those four pillars or of the other three pillars, if any of them are going to beat MJF for that title, I don't know if, I don't know if it's going to be any of them. But if it is, I think it should be Darby Allen. I like firmly believe that. Like he's super over. He has been since day one. I was there in Atlanta when this was like whatever three years ago or whatever already. The the show where Cody did the the moonsault off the cage. During that show was the same show where Darby returned after some time off to help Moxley fight off the inner circle, and that place erupted. And I was like, because I know Darby from Evolve. I'd seen him wrestle live in Chattanooga in a high school gym. Like, I was aware of Darby, and I, I loved that he was in AEW. But I didn't realize how over he was till I was there live. And I was like, oh, damn, homegrown. Like, this is their guy. Like, Dar Darby Allen like they're going to be like the AEW homegrown face of this company one day based on like these reactions he's getting. And I feel like they're in a spot right now with him where they got to wrap up him and Sting or like however Sting wants to kind of wrap up his career, whatever they want to do there. Um, but whenever Darby's a singles guy again, like fully singles, not tied down to Sting, Sting can continue to manage him potentially. I, I, I think that'd be cool. I, I love the pairing of Darby and Sting, by the way. I'm not 
talking down on this. I'm just saying at some point when Darby goes singles again fully, I think he's I think he should be the pillar that that's the next champion out of those four guys. And I also want to throw out one of, if not my favorite match in AEW history is the full gear opener from a couple years ago when it was MJF versus Darby and, and MJF won with that headlock takeover. And Darby said last night, he's like, I owe you a headlock. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I love all of that together. So no disrespect to jungle boy, no disrespect to Sammy. I think they're, they're both going to be on the up and up coming out of this, but I feel like Darby's the, like, if you got to pick the next pillar to be the next, if, if, the next pillar to be the champion out of those guys, I think, is going to be Darby. Darby has been, since AEW started, the most consistent, best booked on the show. Uh, his, his TNT title runs are, are better than anything Guevara ever did with the title. And, you know, Jungle Boy has won tag titles, but hasn't had uh, a singles title. Darby has the, the big win, obviously, against Cody is the, the biggest thing. I think he's had the, the best matches of the three as well. He's been... he's. And the Sting connection helps, right? Like Sting, sure. no offense to Christian, even Chris Jericho. I mean, these are legends in their own right, but there's something just more special about Sting because he doesn't wrestle as much and doing the cinematic matches and everything. I think Darby is certainly the hottest of the of the three since the start of AEW. More recently, Jungle Boy is the hottest because at least he won his last match. Uh, the last time we saw Darby, he was getting the shit kicked out of him by Samoa Joe. Uh, Sammy's like kind of consistent TV. He's beating action and dready, but like Sammy, like what was the last good like victory for, for Sammy Guevara? I'm, I'm not, I mean, I know there's, there has to have been some sense, but the one that the, the last one that really stands out to me is Cody's last AEW match, that ladder match where he hit that like insane cutter from like ladder to ladder. That's the last like real Sammy Guevara performance. that I like that really comes to mind for me. That really stands out. Right. So, and that was over a year ago. So yeah, yeah, like there had, I I mean, he's been lost in the mix with JAS, like it was like, like Sam and Garcia and like a whole bunch of other guys. He just kind of lost in that. It feels like. Yeah, I I agree. Um, So Darby has been the, since the start of the company, best booked Uh, more recently. I think jungle boy has had the best momentum. Let's go into the promo from from last night i do think and i'm gonna bring up uh shy town spurs super chat here in a second it did feel very i I referenced the revolving door thing wwe used to do this all the time of like hey just somebody comes out and like i want a title shot i want a title shot it's like okay okay, what have you done to earn this title shot i just mentioned that darby lost his last match so if you're going based on like wins and losses that should count for something sammy's been doing a lot of a lot of trio stuff and hasn't had like this big singles victory. Jungle Boy, hey, he beat Christian. Like he literally buried Christian. So like he he has like a, a reference there of like, yeah, maybe you do. Uh, maybe you should have this out of much. A lot of material in this promo. Uh, Shad Town Spurs says, can't wait for Dax to do a three-hour podcast complaining about that Darby promo. Darby brought that up of like, I just go on Twitter and they complain. And that's what everyone does nowadays. He's like, I want a title shot. And if I don't get it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on Twitter and complain. Uh, Jungle Boy referenced, like, you didn't wrestle on Dark. You didn't wrestle on Elevation. You didn't wrestle on Rampage. Kind of burying Rampage a little bit. Like, you didn't wrestle on these shows. You don't wrestle at all. And Sammy's like, you didn't work at Whataburger like I did. You didn't grind on the indie scene, which isn't technically true. Like, maybe you didn't have the Sammy grind. Like, MJF was on the independent scene more than people want to give him uh, credit for. Well, he was on the indie scene for, like, three years. Whereas, like, 
Sammy was out there for like a decade. That's that's the yeah. difference. But yeah. Oh, it, it was definitely a longer grind for Guevara, but let's not act like MJF was just didn't work the indies at all and was just right on uh AEW television. Sure. Like he just yeah, got he worked on MLW. He worked play, yeah, he did play of stuff, sure. Yeah, that's the independence of the independence, the, the MLW. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk um, about MLW here in a second. I got thoughts on that. Yeah. Mike from Indy says, thank you, Stephen, for uh, saying to remind people how good Darby versus MJF was. Best match on that pay-per-view. I'm willing to yeah, tell that. I agree. You love that match. Yeah, I do. I, I love you. it. Incredible match. It's really good. It's really good. Especially because it was the opener of the show. The crowd was super hot. And and the, like, the, the match itself, I thought, was incredible. And the, the storytelling was even better. And then, like, the fact that MJF actually just won with a headlock takeover. What he was saying these promos leading up to this wrestling hole and so, yeah i just thought it was that was perfect so, yeah no, I'm with, I, and, and people in the chat seem to be agreeing that match seems to get like lost because it was an opener and there's all these all these pay-per-views are so stacked and but yeah shout out to mjf versus darby for full gear that match is awesome so the the material in this promo and uh shout out mentioned it is uh, some people hated it for being too inside baseball. He loved it. Uh, it seems to be mixed reaction online. Personally, I I didn't mind it. I, I I didn't mind all the inside references. Honestly, like that's kind of what AEW caters to that audience. Is this the best way to like build? I don't know about that. And that is the knock to me. Is like, hey, maybe just like tell a good wrestling story instead of tell a story of like this person goes on Twitter to complain. You don't wrestle on dark. I didn't like that part of it. It's like, you didn't grind on dark and elevation and rampant. This man just had a 60, like seven minute match with Brian Danielson and one. Okay. Let's not act like, Oh, MJF needs to wrestle on dark to like prove himself and everything. That's where I got, I have a little bit of issue. Cause then you're just kind of like burying the booking more than like the story. That's being told. It's not MJF's fault. It kind of is because he doesn't want to wrestle on these shows and everything. But MJF sees himself as an attraction. He's not going to lower himself to dark and everything. Like, that's the point. He didn't have to do all this, and he's still the champion. So what does that say about you guys that you got to do all this and you can't get to that spot? Like, I don't need MJF's, like, wrestling skills being buried after the match that he just had against Danielson after the matches that he's had basically his entire AW career, he doesn't need to prove himself in a two minute squash match on dark to show like, this is what a champion is all about. He proved himself in that Danielson match. And it felt like that Danielson match has now almost been lost in the shuffle of, because they're just telling the same, like you can't wrestle story. It's like, no, I just watched him wrestle for over 60 minutes against, in my opinion, the greatest wrestler of all time. This dude can wrestle. And he held his own in that match. It's not like, and even if, okay, Danielson carried the match, MJF won. So if you're looking at it in kayfabe terms, he proved how good of he is as a wrestler. He cheated, sure, whatever. But like, he won that match. He tapped out Danielson. That part of the story, a little lost on me. I like Darby's material. Didn't mind the, hey, this person complains on Twitter. Don't mind those inside references. Sammy's material was like, fine i wish he would have gone after darby and jungle boy a little bit more because sammy is very he's he's a heel right he's very unlikable i don't need him to talking down to mjf of like you didn't grind uh type of thing I, I don't need that at all i wish sammy's material was a little more heel focused um but overall i thought the promo was good i thought it was a good segment 
Yeah, I'd say the really the only part of it that I thought was corny in any way really was like right when they were all like, "I want a title shot" at the same exact time. They say this, they said this jinxed each other, and then nobody yeah, oh, talk. Gotta buy me a coke. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, there there was a point I was gonna make about there was something you had said about uh about MJF. Oh yeah, okay, so. I, I was actually saying this last night as well to my friend Hughes that comes over to watch AEW. He, um, when they were doing that, when they were talking about, uh, I guess it was, it was Sammy, right? Talking about not having to, or, who was it that was talking about not having to work dark and rampage and Jungle Boy. Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy that's right. That's right. That's right. So when Jungle Boy was saying that, I literally turned to my friend and I was like, yeah, because he didn't have to. Like it's that, it's that simple. Like he didn't have to work dark. He didn't have to work rampage. He doesn't have to. Because there's this is the honest truth. People hate hearing this. I'm not saying this is good or bad. People hate it. There were some people that really didn't like me saying something really similar about Cody last week. Some people are stars and some people are superstars. And it happens all across the board. It happens in regular jobs. It happens in other professional sports. It just is what it is. Some people are the attractions. Some some people are just really, really good at their jobs. And MJF is a superstar for that company. He's, he's an attraction for that company. He's going to be treated differently. Um, however, he got to the spot he's in, it wound up working, uh, the holding out the, the leaving the autograph signing or whatever, the, the Warlow stuff and all that, whatever it all led him to, he's back in AEW Now he's a world champion. He's absolutely killing it. He's still only like, only like 24, 25 years old or whatever. Like, MJF, he's it just is what it is. There, there are some people, someone like Brock Lesnar, he's just he's a he's a mega star. He's he's just a much bigger star than most of the people who are normally there on the show for the WWE. It's the same kind of concept. Roman Reigns is gonna be treated differently than Otis is. It's just it just it just is what it is. You know what I mean? I'm just this is a random comparison, but it just is what it is. Cody, they see Cody the same way now. Cody's gonna be treated differently than other people. MJF's gonna be treated differently than other people. I mean, they're just you know, just once again, it just is what it is. And that's, and that's where MJF, I'm not going to fault MJF for any of that, obviously. Like he, he's played the game in a way in which no one really has at his age, really like in recent memory, it feels like someone to be that young with that much leverage and to be the world champ. I mean, Cody, Cody's never, I mean, you can count the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, but like even Cody's never technically been like, he's never been the WWE world champion. He was never the AEW world champion. Like MGF's accomplishing stuff this fast that most people will never accomplish in their careers. Um, and it's happening very fast for him, but he's, he's, he's that guy. He's that talented. And I, and I, I support the, the AEW doing what they're doing with him. I think it's very smart. It could wind up biting them in the ass quite a bit. If he winds up leaving, uh, he goes to WWE. Um, but that's not really their, I don't think that's like a concern that they need to have right now. They need to just do the most they possibly can with MJF while they have him and hope that he wants to stay when his contract's up. Unless he's already extended and, and he hasn't made that public, which is also possible. Um, so anyways, oh, people are saying, get up, Otis. I didn't hear about, yeah, I'm, I'm not talking trash <laughs> specifically to Otis. The, you could have literally, you could take Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, whatever, and name pretty much anyone else on the roster outside of like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens who are like right beneath them. Like there's... You know, y'all know Otis. what I mean. Otis is out here. What do you say fuck me Sorry. for? Like, Otis didn't do nothing. He's out here trying to do photo shoots no. with the uh, Maxim male models and stuff. Listen, I will say that I, I just said Otis because he came to mind right up immediately for some reason. But, like, I'll say this. Otis got done dirty. Like, that dude won the money in the bank. 
that guy like had a good push going the mandy rose stuff people liked he's a unique guy with a unique look with a unique skill set they i honestly think they could have done a lot more for him with all of that um that said i do kind of like the thing they're doing i don't really love the maximum male models thing but i think it's interesting seeing him trying to be a part of it um but, but do you think that's just leading to like otis and gable versus what is it mace what, what, what is his name now marseille mansois marseille mansois yeah that's probably what Otis. it'll be like on the that'll be like the wrestlemania pre-show or something or um or maybe it'll be on like the main show since they have two nights to fill but i feel like that's going to be a match coming up soon that feels like that's anyway i'm getting way off topic now we're talking about otis <laughs> when we're supposed to be talking about mjf but uh i still have my, ah, my yama cousin Paula. yeah yeah uh animated Saga says i want brit to make a starkey comment about this she might that that's where i can also see where the audience might have issue of okay we have darby mjf jungle boy sammy talking about kind of complaining about AEW. hey here's the outcast saying this company sucks until we got here this division sucks until we got here ftr does that this division sucks we have to come in and save it. I don't need to hear that AEW is not good by about 10 different people on the show. Like they do the inside baseball stuff. A lot of the fan base is online and understands all of that. And I think they're willing to accept a portion of it. I don't need it being just a common thread throughout multiple storylines though. I mix it up a little bit. And in, in, in that regard, like I don't need it to be, you know, CM Punk was kind of kind of doing a little bit at the end of it. Certainly at the end of it, the last promo we ever cut was nothing but burying everybody in the company. Uh, like just don't need a whole lot of like AEW is treats this person favorably. Every this person wants out. This is how you get what you want. This sucked until I came along. Don't don't always need all of that. Tell tell a little bit of a different story. Uh with, with your your different divisions and everything because right now it's happening in like every single division and gotta mix it up a little bit that's fair that's where i'm at on that uh we do have a new addition to okay so real quickly before we before i get into that do you think this leads to like dynamite matches do you think it they do a four-way on dynamite or do you think we get like some singles matches out of this instead because i don't know if they're gonna Maybe they can extend this to double or nothing, but I'm not sure if they can like, you know, who MJF is just going to throw his gauntlet at all three of them. Like you got to win this many matches. You got to win this many matches. You got to win this many matches. And then it becomes the four way. How do we get to whatever they get to here? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like he's going to individually wrestle each of them. Like, I mean, it would definitely happen again at some point. I just don't know like how soon all this will happen. And I, and I don't know who his opponent will be at the next pay-per-view. Um, if I had to choose right now, personally, I'd probably do, if you had to choose one of them to be on pay-per-view, I'd probably do MJF versus Jungle Boy, because I think that MJF should win that one, but it would be a really, really good match. And Jungle Boy has been built really well. Um, and then also like, I think you can maybe do like a three-way match or something with like the, the other three pillars. And you know, the winner of that wrestles uh, MJF and maybe like Jungle Boy pins Sammy. So like Darby doesn't 
hurt get hurt at all during during this in any way and maybe something like that where um but i think like i feel like jungle boy versus mjf would be if it's going to be any of those three right now i'd say i'd say mjf and jungle boy is what i'd want to see because that's because i want to see mjf retain it was going to be whenever darby wrestles mjf next i think darby should win so i think that should happen later because i want mjf's title run to continue I I don't think Darby's beaten MJF. I think they do the four way. I think they just go ahead and capitalize on that because let's say MJF by chance does leave at the end of the year, beginning of next year. You don't want to miss the opportunity of like, you've talked about these pillars. You have a t-shirt with these pillars. You got to do the match at some point. I think they do it. I think MJF makes them win like, a series of matches they each gotta win like two matches and then they because that's mjf's thing is like you gotta beat people to get to mjf so who who they gotta beat i don't know maybe they win a trios match they gotta prove they can work together however they set it up i do think they they're doing a four-way at the end of all i like that by the way i I like the idea of a four-way at the pay-per-view like i think i think that'd be great I think that's where it's going. I think they can extend it to double or nothing. It's a little ways away. I mean, it's it's uh, May, so they got some months to do it. And and if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to fill some television time and with some matches and everything. It looks like though that maybe the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society uh, House of Black feud might be continuing. So if if that happens, then we'll we'll see what that means for Sammy Guevara um and if he's like pulled in two different ways there because they got it mean, you they, could do you could do Hager in there instead of Sammy and maybe they will because he got involved at the end of the, yeah. the program last night so maybe they just swap out say uh Sager uh Hager and and Sammy that 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 definitely uh alex says i think mjf could lose a pillar match and that's a way if you want to get the belt off of mjf but protect him Somebody else eats a pin, and then then you can do the rematch between MJF and whoever wins the title. That's very possible as well. So they got options. I feel like they, they definitely have options on this. I think it leads to the, the Pillars match, though. All right. The other big happening out of AEW last night, Ty Valkyrie is all elite. Uh, Jake Cargill issued an open challenge to anybody in Canada. It was answered by an already in the ring, Nicole Matthews, who got beat in about five seconds. And then Jay got on the mic and was about to beat up Renee Paquette. I think Renee should have just uh, you know, poked her in the eye. Give her, give her one of those. And instead, Jade backed off and Taya Valkyrie came out. And looks like she will be the next challenger for the TBS championship. Taya is officially signed with AEW. What do you think of this signing, Steven Jensen? <clears throat> well, I love the signing for AEW. I was saying this on the Weekender podcast this past uh, Sunday over there on FightfulSelect.com. Make sure to subscribe to Fightful Select if you haven't already. But I said this literally less than a week ago. I was like, I've I've been hearing rumblings about Taya signing somewhere soon. She's in MLW. I need to address this first before I guess. She's currently the MLW Women's Featherweight Champion. I don't know. MLW does this kind of stuff all the time. Where they they put titles on people that aren't they don't have commitments from so I don't know what that I don't know how that's gonna work out and like Hennigan her husband in real life obviously he's their national openweight champion and like I don't know what his commitment to the company is like you know so just like it's just strange how MLW does business the way that they do 
Um, but anyway, the current MLW featherweight champion is now all elite. Um, She'll lose the I, title in about five months on uh, on TikTok. She might have already lost it five months ago, and we just completely forgot. I mean, who knows? I don't think she but, did. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's no, still no. She still it. has it. She has yeah. at least to my knowledge, she still has it. So, um, but uh, but all that out of the way, I was saying on the weekender, whoever winds up getting Ty of Valkyrie, because I assumed it would be WWE or AEW. I said, whoever winds up getting her, she'll be she'll be a a a, a valued asset to either roster. She's really, really good. Um, she was great at Impact. If you, anyone who missed her run in Impact Wrestling, she she was like she was the knockouts champion there for a long time. Um, out on the indie scene, she does a lot of great matches against people of all genders. Like she she goes out there and just kills it, hits hard, looks real good, Chris credible. Like her, she just really she's a really good at what she does. And I thought that she got done dirty by WWE when she was there as Frankie Monet. And they just like put her on NXT and didn't do anything with her. And she was the kind of person that based on how long she'd been an impact and been wrestling in general and how good she was and how good the women in, in WWE are like the, the, the collection of women that the WWE has across all of their brands is, is the best in the world. In my opinion, of any company, they, Frankie Monet, Ty Valkyrie, she didn't even need to be in NXT. Like they could have just put her straight on to Raw or SmackDown. Like she's TV ready. Instead, they they twiddled their thumbs and and messed around. And you know, before they knew it, she was gone, and they didn't do anything with her. And um, so her and AEW. What's interesting to me is they're doing her and Jade right away, which this is definitely the biggest threat to Jade's title so far in her run. Uh, I think there's a chance that Frankie or Fra- and I don't call Frankie. I think there's a chance that Ty is going to win. I think there's a good chance Ty wins. I still think that should be reserved for someone like Chris Statlander or Willow, like a more kind of homegrown. Statlander's tough because she, she keeps getting hurt, and I understand. I think Statlander probably would have already beat Jade by now if she hadn't been getting hurt. Um, Willow though is like my backup choice, and I've liked Willow for a long time. I, I, I was a fan of hers back in like Beyond Wrestling years ago and stuff. Like I've I, She's been ready for a long time too, and it's good seeing her getting recognition. Um, but like, and I love how they introduced Taya. By the way, she came in and she hit a a jaded right in front of Jade. Like, I mean, immediate threat. And if any of the crowd didn't know who she was, you're immediately like, oh damn, this chick's badass. Like, she came out, she made Jade back down. Um, she hit Jade's own move in her face. Jade didn't do anything about it. So immediately, you're thinking Taya is someone credible, even if you don't know much about her. So I thought this was all done really well. And, uh, and I don't, I mean, I'm not going to pick against Jade, at least not at this moment, but I think that of anyone Jade's wrestled up to this point, Ty has the best chance of anyone to dethrone her. I, outside of Athena, when, cause when she came in, she was, yeah. uh, red hot and immediately stepped to Jade. I'm, I'm with you on that. I haven't found really anybody. This has been my complaint with, with Jade's, uh, title run is that I don't think she, I don't think she's had a lot of credible challengers and Taya comes in and yeah, she is an immediately, she, she proved it last night. She's an immediate threat. If you're a more hardcore fan, you know, she is a threat. Uh, there's actual substance here and not just, Hey, who am I going to beat this week with no real buildup or anything like that? The stuff that was built up was like Nyla with the title stealing and then velvet with the, the baddie stuff. But I don't think anybody actually saw Nyla or Red Velvet as the person who was going to beat 
Jade. So yeah, it, it is the first big threat to Jade, in my opinion, since uh since Athena coming in. I look forward to seeing yeah. what, what Taya does in the company. There's the TBS division feels very it it's felt lost because they've done this big winning streak with Jade. And I don't know if they know when it's going to end. I don't know if they know who is going to end it. I think that like you might just be better off ending it and then just trying to go elsewhere with, with the title. One, I think Jade's ready for an elevation and the TBS title is just, she she does well with it. She makes it credible, but I think she's ready to step up and, and face uh, and face the, the top tier women, the women who are pushed in the, uh, the, the world title picture, the women's world title picture. Um, you know, with the winning streak, like, it, it hampers booking a little bit because once you do the winning streak, where do you go from there? And that's what they got to figure out to whoever um, ends up beating Jade Cargill. I don't know if it's going to be Taya. I, I really don't. I it feel it feels. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. It's like it's not going to be her. I wouldn't mind if it's her. It just feels like it won't be her. That's just my thoughts on it. It's a good pickup yeah. for, for AEW, though. And... The thing with the pickup now is like they continue to add the division, which is great. We all want that, but they gotta they have to find a role like after she does something with Jade, right? Because yeah, Athena exactly. came in, did something with Jade, and then she didn't do a whole lot until she kind of like turned heel, and then now she's in ROH, which is fine. Like Madison Rain comes in, it's like oh she's gonna fish Jade, and then Madison Rain like isn't on TV. Or anything anymore and i don't think they ever had like big intentions for madison rain or anything like that but there is a certain pattern of like come in face jade lose where do you go after that and taya is a bigger name 
a big enough name, certainly at this stage where it's got to be more than come in, lose the Jade, figure it out from there. Cause they don't have a lot of women's segments or women's matches on these shows. That's, that's the complaint for a lot of people. And you know, you're going to keep adding to this division. You got to find time for them now. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on all that. And I didn't mention that. I, I thought I went without saying, I forget that sometimes I need to like point this out. I saw um, anime. I talked to he, he put in all caps road to Valhalla. Damn it. Yes. That, that's what, that's what Taya calls the jaded. Yes. I wanted, I, I should have pointed that out, but I call it jaded because it was the, the, like, the, the double meaning there obviously was she was doing Jade's move right in Jade's face, but that is the road to Valhalla that Ty Valkyrie did. So it's like a finisher versus finisher type match as well, which is which is really cool. Um, but uh, but no, I'm with you. I I, I that that is the fear. That obviously, is that Taya comes in just. I mean, here's the thing. I don't think Taya should necessarily beat Jade. I'm just saying I think she has a good chance to. Um, based on like who's on the AW roster who hasn't had a shot yet, who has had a shot and what they kind of do from there. But I'm also with you about Jade. At some point she's going to have to lose that title and she's going to have to sink or swim with like the world title level stuff going on with the, with the women. I just, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to say she isn't ready. I just, she has to be booked in a really particular way. And I don't know if that's, I, I'm not, I don't know if this is the right time or not to elevate her to do that because she has a really good thing going still, I think, just being like 54 and 0 or whatever. And she's getting better in the ring and better at storytelling and becoming more creative with like different ways of getting people into her moves and stuff. And so, like, I think everything she's doing is working and it's she's making a ton of progress. And I like Jade as a person a lot. You know, I've talked about that before. So, like, I'm really pulling for Jade to do really well. So I just want to make sure when the, that they do this all when the time is right, when everybody is completely comfortable and confident that, okay, Jade can take the loss now because that's going to hurt at first. Like seeing her lose, the same thing happened to Bill Goldberg when he lost the first time. It was a big deal and it, it took it, you know, lost. the way he lost was, ugh. but especially as a kid, I couldn't believe what I was saying. But, um, but a Kevin Nash was my guy. So like, I was happy for Kevin Nash, but I was like, what was that? I didn't know what a cattle prod was. I was like, what, what, what was that? Um, but, uh, but anyway, I, uh, has got to be really careful about it. Like, cause Jade's going to get hurt a little bit at the very least when she loses. And then you got to rebuild her as far as like being back and you can do that easily. You can, she has the credibility of going undefeated for this long, but then like the matches are going to have to be better. Like you can't go out there and have like a squash match when it's like you versus Britt or you versus Jamie Hayter, um, you versus, um, you know, Sheeta, you versus, uh, uh, like, I don't know when Serena Deeb comes back, like those kind of matches, like I, those are going to be like real, like real legitimate matches. So she, they just got to make sure everyone's ready on, on all ends when that happens. But I think they'll be smart about it. Cause I, I do, there's no reason to do all this with Jade. If the, if the, if the goal isn't eventually to have her be like your main woman on the show at some point. So I think she's going to be the, the main women's champion. It's just a matter of timing and doing this all when it, when the time's right. That that's why I think that she's going to continue to be the TBS champion, honestly, and why she's going to beat yeah. Taya because they're still sure. doing the Outcast against Originals thing. That's going to be extended for a little while longer. I imagine that's going to at least double or nothing. Um, so while they're doing all of that, Jade's probably just going to remain in the as the TBS champion in the TBS division. So she's going to continue to beat people, and which is fine. But at some point, they are going to have to elevate her and. 
make her the big a bigger deal than she is and that we know she can be uh before we get into the the wwe talk actually let me let me hit the bumper hit the bumper first here we go want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a wwe superstar WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better than me than being a professional wrestler Actually, we're not spotlighting Cody Rhodes this week. Believe it or not, everybody. Jensen's wearing the shirt. He's always spotlighting and representing the American roller coaster, Cody Rhodes. A Blues fan does leave a super chat. It says, Twitter accounts are just zero. And Boozer, who leak rundowns in advance, think Roman retains. Do you guys think this will be the case? I don't trust them. I will say that. I don't know who one of those people even are. Uh, and I don't trust the other one. Uh, so I don't believe them at all. But Jensen... I mean, you, you've got to be you a little no. worried here. No, not at all. Cody, Cody's winning at WrestleMania. I have no that doubt prom- in my mind. That promo, you're fired up on that promo, aren't you? Oh, my God, dude. I would say, like, I'll, I'll probably throw it on, but, like, at some point soon. But this is my high school Letterman jacket. This is a uh, – I've talked about it before. Me and me and Cody went to the same high school. We we had the same. We were on the same wrestling team. Got the same jacket there. After that promo, I went and found that thing. I like dug it up. I was like, "Dude, Cody got me ready to get out there and start, start, get, get out to wrestling practice, start doing the work again." Um, but uh, dude, that was such that was such a good promo. We're not gonna sit here and talk about it too much because there's only so many weeks that you guys want. I understand, by the way. There's people that listen to this show, watch the show, that are sick of hearing me. Just, just talks about how I love Cody so much. Listen, I'm not going to do that again this week. Y'all know how I feel. That promo I thought was incredible. We'll talk more about Cody heading into WrestleMania. Um, when we're almost there already, but, um, I mean, if you're, I'll put it this way. I understand if you don't like Cody, cause you not, not, there's any people who just don't like people. I mean, it's just the fact of life. Some people just aren't going to like other people. It just is what it is. But, WWE has been looking for a baby face face of their company since John Cena left. They tried it with Roman Reigns for like all these years until finally turning him heel. And like, that's what's working. And he's the man in Roman Reigns rules, but he's a heel. They need a top baby face John Cena, like champion face of their company. Like if you listen to that promo, he cut on Monday and you don't think that like, Oh yeah. WWE found their guy. I don't know what to tell you. Because that's like, that was the most baby face, white meat, I'm about to win the title at WrestleMania promo we've ever heard. So um, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And, I, and, and Twitter seemed to really like it as well. I, it seemed like everyone got fired up. So I, uh, yeah, I thought it was awesome. I fell asleep during it. So I don't remember. I don't actually know what he said. I wasn't fired up at all. Dude, what's up with, I, dude you're, 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 I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. Yeah, no. Are you gonna bury my Jer- wife? Am I gonna fight you? Jer- Jeremy's wife DM me during the during Raw with a picture that she had tweeted, like a full picture of something she had tweeted earlier, and she told me this like heartfelt story about Dusty Rhodes, like saying nice things about like her kids and her family, and I was like. How could you be against Cody? Like what? What? Are, what are you? What is this? Like Dusty? Like you have this like heartfelt story about Dusty? And you 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 don't want Cody to win? I don't understand it. He sure wants Dusty you, to win, not Cody. I know, but this is an extension of that. This is a, this is the Rhodes family finally getting recognized. This is the Rhodes family finally getting. Oh, my wife is that. about to make a run in here on this show. Bring it in. Let's go. 
She doesn't want to be on camera. No, she's not going to be on camera. Do you, do you have a response to Steven Jensen? I'm not talking trash, by the way. I just, I, I thought that was a really nice story. He said, you're a jerk. He said that, uh, how could you ever be against Cody Rhodes? Jensen, you got to not be so mean. I'm going to have to fight you, Jensen. Okay. So defend my wife's honor here. So Dusty, Dusty said that you're, she had a cute baby. This was back when, when your children was very young. And I asked, how could you be Vance Cody? And she, and she had a good explanation. She did. She just wanted Sammy to have one of the belts. That's all it is. It is. It's not, it is yeah. It isn't really anti Cody hate. It's really more pro Sammy love. I get that. And there's a no, lot of it's that also anti Cody. <laughs> no, come on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make peace over here. She said that he will probably get her back on uh, his side. She's mad right now because of the Sammy stuff, though. Yeah, it's understandable. But I appreciate her sending me that picture. That that was really nice. I'm really nice. I mean, it's cool to hear because I've said it before. Dusty Rose was like a really great guy. Cody just needs one, and Sammy just needs one. That's that's yeah. all she wants. Well, I think it sounds like Cody wants him to split them after he wins them both. He did so, say that. Yeah. Um, uh, Blues fan says, it's a Cody Mark. I'm going to have a panic attack where he inevitably loses to Reigns. This rationale for a thousand days for Reigns winning is Mark booking. That's what everyone seems to be like grasping onto of like, they're going to go to a thousand. I don't think here's, here's my, so we're not going to talk about Cody. Then we're spending 20 minutes on Cody. Yeah. Uh, here's my like problem with Cody right now is it almost feels too inevitable that he's winning. I need him to like get beat up a little bit here i need him to come down like a little like he's saving sammy he's getting sammy and uh kevin together the bloodline's scared of him like he comes out and solo and the usos run off like they're like i ain't fucking with this guy like roman's talking down to him uh, a good bit like i think roman won that segment but everybody else is like i'm fucking worried about cody Rhodes. like i need him to just bleed or get beat down like give me some doubt that Cody is going to lose this match. Cause right now I feel it's very inevitable that Cody's winning. And that's my issue with it. Like I need there to be a little doubt uh, that Cody is actually going to win this match. Cause I think like he's walking in, he's going to win this thing easily. And that's going to be that. I, I think it's refreshing personally. Now I might be a little biased because <laughs> it's him, but like, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of nice. Like seeing, cause like, I mean, look at the kids, listen to the reactions he's getting. Like it isn't oh, like just the me. kids. Like the thing, the thing is, it's nice. It's nice to finally see this like working though. Like it's a, it's a straight up, it's a, it's a white meat baby face. Like this, this rarely works anymore where a white meat baby face goes out there and just as a straight up, just baby face. And what, and what, what's she saying? What we got? I don't know. I have no idea. What are you saying? Oh yeah. Okay. So now I got to tell this story. Um, we, we went to, we went to the library, uh, this past weekend, uh, and there was this kid who was wearing a Cody Rhodes shirt. Like he had on a Cody Rhodes shirt. And I, I was just like, Hey, I like your Cody Rhodes shirt. He's like, yeah, thanks man. So dude, the kids do love Cody. I mean, that's what's I the most important thing in all of this, by the way, like, I can't hate WWE it. doesn't really care what 35 year old guys like us care about. Like it's the kids, the kids love Cody. And like he's that's who they need to love their top baby face because that's who they want sticking around and continuing to be fans as their kids and as teenagers and stuff. Like Cody's gonna be their guy until they find someone that can replace him. Um, and who knows how long that's gonna take. 
but Austin it feel Perry. it feels like they were finally to me this feels a lot like the lex express type thing except it's working and like they're gonna actually pay it off like this is the lex like, express was working they were cowards and didn't go full bore with it but, but i'm but i'm that's what i'm saying is like like this is we're, we're ready like cody's anyway I'm, I, we need to talk about other copies or else i'm gonna talk about this the whole time but but i yeah i i, I think it's pretty clear he's winning the title and i i have nothing against the fact that it's that it's like you know because roman's been so dominant it's nice to see somebody going into this feeling like oh this guy might go, go kick roman's ass like yeah, like we hadn't seen this so someone's got to go do it. someone's got to do it someone's got to take out roman and cody's that guy so victory lap steven jensen's gonna take on the following episode of the spotlight after wrestlemania it's gonna i'm so worried uh all right our actual spotlights for wwe this week had nothing to do with cody uh but Rey mysterio is going into the wwe hall of fame i was surprised when i saw this one um no, the, there were the rumors of uh, Muda, which turned out to be true. Uh, Batista talked about wanting to go in this year. Ray still active. Typically, you don't think of active people as going into the Hall of Fame, though they've done it before. Um, but Ray still very active, still going very strong. He's going to have most likely a WrestleMania match against Dominic. Uh, Ray, I mean, you can't think of anybody more deserving to go into a Hall of Fame than Ray Mysterio arguably and i don't even know if it's arguable like the greatest uh luchador of all time when you talk about not only like match level quality but just impact on the scene like there's nobody above Rey mysterio yeah i agree i i think he has to be considered the best luchador of all time at least the most like popular i mean even if you don't watch wrestling you know who Rey mysterio is you could just ask like a random person who knows it's it's similar to like hulk hogan or like steve austin like there's or john cena there's there's people like that that like even if you don't watch wrestling you just it's synonymous with what wrestling is you're just like bro wrestling what oh yeah i remember steve austin oh yeah 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 wwf yeah like ray mysterio is like that you know everyone knows who ray mysterio is um i remember the first time i watched him wrestle was back in wcw i of course retroactively watched ecw like his ecw time after the fact, but um, I was first made aware of Rey Mysterio through WCW. And um, dude, I'll remember, I'll never forget, like, because I was in elementary, we both were, we were in elementary school at the time. And all the kids in school, like, Rey Mysterio was like everyone's favorite wrestler, because, like, he was in a part of this. And I, this is a weird comparison, but I, I've said similar things about Marco Stunt, where I'm like, if Marco Stunt was on the WWF or WWE, WWE TV, he'd be really, really over because kids would absolutely love him because he looks like them. And the thing with Rey Mysterio is like, he's a small guy. And it was like, when you were a kid, you felt like, well, I could never beat a guy like Hulk Hogan or a guy like Kevin Nash or whatever. But Rey Mysterio is like my size. And look what he's doing. Like he was like a small guy doing, beating big guys. And then like the cruiserweight, obviously all the cruiserweight stuff was incredible. Still one of my favorite matches ever is him and Guerrero at Halloween Havoc. That's like just, I mean, that's an absolute classic. Anything, anything him and Eddie did, anything him and Jericho have done. Um, we actually we talked about the, some Jericho and mysterious stuff with Hunter Drake in the interview you'll, you'll hear about um in a little bit here. But yeah, nobody's more deserving. And then you could even look at ju- just Ray Mysterio's WWE time alone. Just WWE, he'd be a WWE Hall of Famer on just his run there alone not even counting WCW, ECW, Mexico, all over the world. So 
Um, and then, yeah, they're tying it in with, with him and Dominic at WrestleMania, which, I mean, you might as well. You know, the story's there. You're ready to do the match anyway. So tie it in with the Hall of Fame and everything. And uh, Conan's going to induct him, which makes perfect sense given their history and their, their you know, ask, relationship and stuff. He's going to ask everybody, have you listened to my podcast? Oh, yeah. We've all gotten those DMs. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm with you, Jeremy. No, Nobody probably no one I could think of right off the top of my head that's more deserving than Rey Mysterio. So it's the only thing that's strange is that he's still as active as he is and they're putting him in, but I mean, Pete absolutely deserves it. So I'm, yeah, I'm all for it. It's, it's understandable. Uh, he deserves it more than, more than anybody. The only, it's a little weird that they're doing this angle with Dominic and then doing the hall of fame. Cause I don't want his speech or anything marred by like the Dominic storyline. I, I don't know if the hall of fame is the place for like Dominic to come up to him and like, you know, be like, fight me at WrestleMania type of thing. Like let Ray have his moment at the hall of fame and give his speech and everything. At the same time, it's perfectly pro wrestling of like, this man is going into the hall of fame. Here's his son who still wants to fight him at WrestleMania. And maybe that's, maybe that's how you get to the match because you know, uh, Ray doesn't seem like he's going to accept it. Otherwise Ray and Dominic good match, but nobody's ordering Peacock to be like, Hey, I got to see this Ray and Dominic match like if you're ordering it you're ordering it for the overall wrestlemania package not just uh ray and dominic so maybe it does make sense of like hey this is the moment where ray is like all right you know what fuck this kid like i'm gonna beat his ass now he ruined my hall of fame speech like you you want to crash christmas crash valentine's day and everything fine whatever this was supposed to be where i thanked everybody who was along me along with me for this journey i thanked everybody who supported me i thanked everybody who helped me get here all the fans all my peers all all this stuff and now like you want to come and you want to step on this all right i'm gonna beat your ass and teach you a lesson now i think so i think hey look if this is how they're gonna set up the WrestleMania match. It's perfectly pro wrestling. Do I wish, and I'm getting way ahead of myself. Do I wish that they would just do it beforehand and he could just have a nice hall of fame speech? Yes. But however they're going to do it, they're going to do it. I'm actually, I've talked myself into just let Dominic crash this thing. And this, I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think that, I think that's exactly what's going to happen to be honest. Good. I'm for it now. I've, I've worked myself into a, a shoot over Dominic just crashing the whole damn thing, just beating up Conan. I don't know if Conan can do a bump or anything, but just beating up Conan Dude, everything. Dominic needs to put Conan in a tequila sunrise up on the stage. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> uh, people people are mentioned like El Santo and Mil Mascaris. Mil Mascaris was the name that I, I thought of when it came to like greatest luchador of all time the thing with both of them and paul driver finisher uh states it like uh sure but not in the states many folks don't know el santo and i think that's what it comes to to both of them is like stateside they didn't gain the traction that ray mysterio did i think that's where ray separates himself from everybody else is like there might be bigger names in mexico than ray but like in the states nobody has had the influence that that ray mysterio has had Especially, and we also have to keep in mind that, like, WCW, ECW, WWE, these are all, like, they're obviously, they're worldwide companies, but they're based out of the U.S. So, like, that that's, yeah, yeah that's kind of, but I, like, David Hadley is making good points in the chat. Shout out to David. Like, he's he's bringing up good points about 
El Santo and how big he is in, in Mexico and everything, which I'm not discrediting any of that. I'm, I'm just saying, I think if you asked, you know, and, and maybe we have to, maybe we have to be specific and say that translated it to the U S audience the best, because that, that would yeah. definitely be Rey Mysterio. I think that's un- unarguable, but, um, but I still think you ask every person on earth, you know, one luchador. And I think most people, I, once again, I can't speak for the rest of the world. So I don't want, I don't want to get into all that, but David, good, good, good shouts out there about El Santo. Good shouts about uh, Mil Mascaris in the chat as well. I, I understand the arguments for those people, but I think it's inarguable. If you want to spe- talk specifically translated to the U S audience, raise the top. It's right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, our other WWE spotlight is Bray Wyatt. We've talked a lot about Bray Wyatt on this show. Usually, we're we're poking fun at the the storyline. I personally love it. Uh, Jensen, you you this is where you dislike what the kids like because they love the Bray Wyatt and you, you go off on them. Mm-hmm. But a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on with, with Bray right now. We haven't seen him on TV for a little bit. He was apparently supposed to be at the Madison Square Garden. Live event at March 12th wasn't there. Sean Ross Sapp reported on get that March 13th that WWE sources familiar with the situation who have worked with Wyatt claim to Fightful that Bray Wyatt is currently sidelined with a physical issue and they're not sure on a return time as of now. Uh, there had been rumors that he walked out due to creative issues, but thus far we haven't gained any permission that, that would confirm that and we haven't been told anyone uh, in the company thus far. So... It seems like it's a physical issue for Bray, not a creative thing. In that regards, I just wish Bray the best with whatever it is physically. We know he hasn't worked a ton since returning. He he worked some live events. He's only wrestled one television match. That was against the the Mountain Dew. Uh, wasn't against the Mountain Dew. It was Mountain Dew pitch black match um, against LA Knight. That was the only TV match he's worked. He didn't bump too much in that. Uh, you know. Uncle Howdy took the biggest bump of the match for him. Uh, I I hope Bray is okay. I said it last week or the week before. I know I've said it. I don't think the wrestling world is where he can thrive the most because as much as people do enjoy the certain storytelling that he does, as much as I've gotten enjoyment out of the certain storytelling that he does, I don't think he is a good wrestling storyteller. And... Mm -hmm. I think that creativeness might just need to be harnessed elsewhere. And I, you know, if if that is making movies or television shows or anything like that, but above everything, we just want his health to be okay with whatever is going on with him. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You know, and people know if you've been watching this show, I, I, I rip on Bray Wyatt often. I'm not like, I'm never the kind of person who is going to kick someone when they're down or like actually, wish real ill will towards people. Like, I don't want the person, the, the, the person behind Bray Wyatt, the real human being like Wyndham. I don't want him actually physically suffering, mentally suffering, any, like nothing like that. So everything I've ever said about him is strictly from like a wrestling per- point of view, me as a fan. I just, I think that I think him on the show is, is super goofy and it just isn't for me at all. None of it's for me. Um, and I get there's people like I'll see people commenting all the time on stuff that say stuff along the lines of like, you know, I'm a big horror fan and Bray Wyatt brings the horror year round. And like, that's why I'm so attached to him. And I get that. But like, I'm not a horror fan. So like none of none of this hits for me and in any way, shape or form. That said. 
obviously I hope he's okay. Like, I don't like, you know, I want him to whatever time he's got to take off, whatever he's got to do, get good physically, get good mentally, whatever the issues are, you know, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to the guy. I don't, I'm not, and I'm not even sitting here like hoping he loses his job. Like I would never do that to anybody. I've never once on any platform ever come on any podcast ever and said, so-and-so should get fired or so-and-so should lose their job. Or I don't want so-and-so working here anymore. Anything like that. Like the Bray Wyatt stuff is just a matter of opinion, but I'm not calling for the guy to lose his livelihood or anything like that. I want to make that really, really clear. Um, especially to the fans that love Bray Wyatt that hate me because I rip on him. Like I, I need y'all to, to separate the two. You can hate on me for not liking his wrestling character, but don't get it twisted. I don't want something bad to actually happen to him as a human being at all. Um, now that said, Jeremy, should we pivot a little bit and you know, because now we gotta figure out if 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 if, if he's not gonna be wrestling at Mania, then what happens with Lashley? Yeah, because that that was where they were going. Like the build for this has been what it's been. Uh hasn't been my favorite thing. And I tried to defend Bray because I like the the goofy stuff that that he does. Um I really since Bray's return, the creative's been kind of all over the place. And some of that might be Bray, some of that might be Triple H, some of that might be Brock Lesnar, just not wanting to do any of this work. But he was going into the program with Lashley going into WrestleMania. Now, like they haven't been, Lashley wasn't on Raw at all. Lashley keeps cutting the same kid game promos. He beat up Uncle Howdy. I don't know where this is going, but we, they got to figure out something with Lashley. He's got to do something. And my suggestion, Stephen Jensen, I threw this out there on Twitter. Remember when Bray returned, White Rabbit, all that fun stuff. Everyone was the QR codes hooked in. Karrion Cross was a name mentioned. Uh, who could he be the White Rabbit? Because the Lucha Underground stuff. And then they wanted Karrion Cross as part of the Wyatt Six. Get Cross in there. Cross can pick up the magic stuff that Bray had been doing, and he can wrestle Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Karrion Cross, magic Karrion Cross throwing fireballs with Scarlet, getting the books. You love finishing the story, Steven Jensen. They got books that throw fireballs. That's a great story. They finished that one. Cross uh, against Lashley. Let's go. Dude, I can't wait until, like, I would try to hit up WWE Shop and being like, yo, I know that you guys pre-make all the Cody Rhodes won the championship merchandise. Like, just, can I just start pre-ordering it now? Because you just mentioned finish the story. I, I'm going to get a sweet hoodie and stuff. I'm sure there's going to be merchandise that's going to be like story completed. Like him with the title and stuff. It's going to be so awesome. Be, I was looking but, for uh, a book. You don't have one. It's going to be Cody <laughs> just like holding a book and just being like, finish the story in big, big words. That's mm. how that's really going to be the photo for the shirt. Finish the story. Um, or, or like the, the, the next thing, by the way, once he wins the title, it'll be like, like that the story is actually starting. Cause like now he's at the title and like now he's the champion. Oh, so there's, it's just, it's just getting started. But, um, I listen, <clears throat> given who is available and who doesn't have things lined up for WrestleMania, what you just said is probably what'll happen. Like it'll probably <laughs> be carrying cross and Bobby Lashley. Like that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I think the match will be probably not great. Um, but I, I'm, what I was kind of thinking of is now I'm a little out of the loop. So in WrestleMania for the intercontinental title, does it look like it's going to be a triple threat between Gunther, Sheamus and Drew? Well, now they're doing, uh, Drew and Sheamus on Friday and the winner gets the match. I it's possible 
that they they haven't used it in a while and if they have i just completely blanked it out they love the they love to do the trope of like here's a number one's contenders match and then there's interference and right. then it becomes a triple threat i could see that happening of like imperium interfering and then it becomes a triple threat yeah yeah which i that's kind of what i'm expecting to happen to be honest i think but i would say like if for instance, if like Sheamus got boxed out of that or something, or like they needed to make it a four way, like I feel like Lashley could wrestle any of those three guys. Like it could be Lashley. We've seen yeah. Lashley versus Drew plenty of times before already, but like, and I, we have, I know, I feel like Lashley versus Sheamus was like, a, I know we've seen that, but it's been probably a while, at least from my, my recollection. But, um, but I would say like those were other guys that came to mind for me was like Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Gunther, like those kind of guys I think would be interesting for Lashley to get in the mix with those guys maybe, but. In all honesty, I think that carrying cross probably makes the most sense. But I agree with Dial F for film in the chat, by the way. Like, I just, I, I, carrying cross just doesn't hit for me either. So, I mean, there, but that's, you know, just is what it is. I know he has his fans. I'm not going to talk trash about carrying. Like, I, I just, I, he just isn't for me. I, once again, like, you know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't hit. But, um, maybe because his matches aren't very good. I think that's really what it is. Actually, there's a lot more to it. I think the entrance is goofy with like the fake singing and stuff and the whole, the presentation is not, and the hair, by the way. Yeah, I'll throw that up there. He looks way more intimidating with a shaved head. Let's all, we can all agree on that, right? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like carrying across since he came back has been a giant miss in the WWE, but I also haven't watched a ton of it, so I can't like fully speak on it, I guess. Remember when he sat ringside for Clash of the Castle and Roman and Drew and seemed like, Oh, Cross might be the next contender for the title, and then back up there and out the window pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, it just didn't. It's hard. It, it, he, I don't want to talk too much about all that, but like, I just, hearing Cross has always had a lot. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A potential. But, like, the NXT run was weird because, like, he didn't fit into NXT at the time. He would have been rang like, the per- bell. <laughs> well, he would have been perfect for NXT 2.0. It's just the timing was so... <laughs> That's the meanest thing. That's the meanest thing you could say about somebody. No, this no. guy would have been perfect for NXT 2.0. But, but but the reason I say that is because he has he was it's a it's a basic he had a basic move set. He's a big guy with a basic move set and a show full of indie stars. So it was like him having to deal with like Balor and and dude Adam Cole cooked him in that one promo that they had back and forth and stuff like. That that's my point is like when it's like Gargano, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Ricochet, like all these kind of guys are your options. Keith Lee, like these are like your options, and you're going with Karrion Cross, who's just out there doing punches, kicks, elbows, and a Saito suplex. So that's his entire thing. Is like it is it wasn't, but that would have been perfect for 2.0. Like Karrion Cross and Braun Breaker would have like made a ton of sense. I feel like so like that that's kind of my point. That's so mean. I really don't oh, even mean man. it to be mean. I just I think that he was too, I I think he was too boring for NXT 
or with the original NXT. I think he was too boring and not and, and not interesting enough in the ring. And it just wasn't and dude, I'm not alone. People were saying this as it was happening. Like Karrion Cross was probably the most polarizing NXT champion they've ever had because of this reason. Because he was he was he seemed like one of the least impressive people, but he was holding the title. So he was out there and he beat everybody. He beat all of the former NXT champions. And it was just like with elbows and saitos. And it was like, I don't know, it just didn't, it, it just didn't work. And it, clearly it didn't work on the main roster because then they tried doing the whole gladiator thing with him and that got dropped and then he was gone. And then since coming back, it hasn't hit. And he's still showing up on MLW television, by the way, because that's so behind. So it's all, yeah. And listen, I know there's people out there that love carrying cross and I, I get it. Like he, once again, he has a ton of potential that I feel like he's just never been tapped into. I mean, maybe, maybe. <laughs> or you just think you just don't think he's not very good. Are you agreeing with? I mean, uh, I can't tell. I I haven't <laughs> found him too compelling in WWE. I think he's got the look. the The work is what it is. Um, I've I've never never been on with with, with carrying cross and yeah, that Cole promo just cooked that man. And yeah, I, the the main roster stuff. I had a little bit more hopes with him with uh under triple h and it just hasn't really hit at all and you know it yeah. is what it is I'm this like, is why i think they should agree just... <laughs> yeah we do but the nxt 2.0 comment yeah. just popped me uh i this is why i think they should just lean into the supernatural stuff because it just being oh i'm a serial killer that watches he he, he takes influences from a lot of the same movies that that bray wyatt seems to take influences from like it aligns here because I, I think they both try to be a little bit deeper than wrestling fans like it, it's not that deep when it comes to that stuff they both want to do the lore and like we're telling these super compelling stories and everything it's like nah for for this wrestling audience it, it ain't working like that like just yeah. just because you've seen scarface and and uh heat and things like that like doesn't mean you're like some great storyteller okay i agree so yeah we should probably move on but like i, I actually think that karen cross versus bobby lashley like it's super likely i think that that's a good a good call out and so it should be should shoot lightning down on him be great you know you know when bobby lashley does his like almighty entrance and like the lightning comes down to strike lashley and then he should, I don't know, disappear or something. And then Cross is out there, like up top somewhere, and he's laughing maniacally. And Scarlet's like, ah, 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 ah. Scarlet's lip syncing the laugh. Yeah. And then they, they were the ones who shot the lightning down. That's what should happen. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Ah. <laughs> uh... The New Japan Cup is well underway, Steven Jensen. The second round has wrapped up. The quarterfinals are about to start. One match I want to particular highlight, though, is Will Ospreay against Mark Davis. Unfortunately, Will Ospreay suffered an injury in this match, and so Davis is replacing him in the quarterfinals. But, man, Will Ospreay working like an underneath, like, uh, fight, fighting from underneath, uh, small. He, he's already a smaller guy anyway. But when he gets in there with, like, a heavy, like, Mark Davis, like, shit. Osprey's already good, but the way he was selling and bumping around, now that's his guy in United Empire and everything. But Osprey was so damn good in this match. And if you're not familiar with Mark Davis, you've only seen him in the uh the United Empire tag team, things like that. Both him and Kyle Fletcher are fantastic. But I love this match. It's just a, a straight up singles match. It's a shame Osprey got hurt, but it does mean we're gonna get more Mark Davis as a singles. 
Yeah, for what I understand, he got hurt when they did that spot where he was like he like put like the, the like the ring mat or like the mat over him, so like he couldn't. Yeah, um, you couldn't see where he was land in. Uh, I guess you worked injured from that point on of uh, Osprey and still won the match. But like you said, Davis has replaced him now in the tournament. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, what do you want me to say that hasn't already been said? I mean, Will Ospreay, he's, I mean, if, if someone were right now to say Will Ospreay is the best wrestler in the world, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue it. Like, I, I don't know if I'd pick him to be the best in the world right now, but like, I totally understand that. I, to, I totally get it. I totally get it. My co-host, I, a show I was doing with Doug, a live round. Doug, Doug, I'm sure would say that that Will Ospreay is the best wrestler in the world, and like I totally get the reasoning behind it. Um, in ring, especially, like overall character, maybe not, but like in ring, especially, just fa- fantastic. And uh, yeah, Davis really underrated because yeah, to be fair, most of what I've seen of his work has been in the tag team. Uh, so, um, so it was yeah, different different kind of look here. Uh, Davis, it'll be good to see him, you know, in the quarterfinals. Uh, he gets to move on at least and keep doing his thing. And hopefully Osprey's not for too long because he misses a lot of time, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and he's got, you know, big WrestleMania weekend coming up as well, especially working the uh, Impact New Japan show. So I hope he is still good to go. Uh, we need him for good for show. June for Forbidden Door also. Like, we, yeah, he's got to be part of now. Forbidden Door. In some yeah. capacity, like that seems like a good opportunity for uh, Omega and Osprey part two in the States. So, yeah, he needs to hopefully he, he's good and doesn't miss too much time, but it, he's going to miss at least the rest of the New Japan Cup. And it was possible they were setting him up to to win that thing. Um, yeah, you know, Osprey, I, think very, I think it's likely that he was going to win. Yeah. Yeah. So Osprey, you can rarely go wrong with like him winning. Then he gets the title shot and everything. So uh, it is unfortunate that he got injured. It does mean more Mark Davis as a singles competitor, which is fine with me. If you have not watched this match, go check it out. Because if you are just used to like Will Ospreay and wrestling guys like his size or around his size and, and doing the stuff he does, like obviously Will Ospreay is great at that. But watching him like fight from underneath. It's it's just a different it's a different Will Osprey that we don't get to see often because there's not like a ton of like bigger guys in New Japan like that and it really showcases like what Mark Davis can do as well so go check that match out if you have it uh, your other spotlight Steven Jensen is the Reach for the Sky ladder match coming up at SuperCard of Honor Mark Briscoe has decided jay is is no longer around so they got to do something with the tag team titles decided we're going to put them up in a ladder match uh the lucha bros are the first team in the match and then now that mark is is no longer part of the tag team division he's going for singles gold he's going after samoa joe and the television title yes yeah and i I love all that we've been saying for weeks you know since since the passing of jay that we were hoping if mark was going to be around that they would they'd not only push him but it would it would make sense, like not just push him to push him, but like he's people got to understand who, who who might not. Mark means a lot. Like Jay was always kind of the the more you know the singles guy, the, the world champion level guy. But Mark was the TV champion before. Mark can hold his own. Uh, so like it's great to see Mark getting this these pushes. Um, I love that they've they've called it the Reach for the Sky ladder match. It's a tribute. I, I I'd imagine they'll continue to do that year after year. Have have some sort of match like that for for Jay. And to mem- and the memory of the Briscoes as a tag team in general. Um, and and yeah, I mean, Mark Briscoe versus Samoa Joe, that's a great TV title match. I, I love that they're doing that. 
Um, I'd imagine Joe will probably retain, probably, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to put it on Mark though. It really wouldn't. I mean, like I said, I I would I'd push the hell out of Mark right now, honestly, because he's he's super over and he deserves it. And I know the circumstances aren't great for why he's getting the push when he's getting it, but like, if, even even had Jay not passed on, if you look at the current landscape of Ring of Honor, Mark's still been there the longest of anyone else. He's still got all that history. He's still a former TV champion. He still has the credibility to be to beat Samoa Joe and win that title. So. I don't know. Maybe Mark will win. I haven't thought about that too much. I haven't thought about the 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 outcome too much, honestly. But I I do like the I do like the matches set up. And do you have any like front runner on who you think should win the ROH tag titles? I mean, the Lucha Bros just being in it kind of. I I immediately just want to point to them of like, yeah, they they should win it. But yeah. they with the state of the AW tag team division, I'd kind of prefer them to be there right now. Um, Kingdom, I imagine they'll be in it. I get top flights done some ROH stuff and I think they might be in this match. And if they're in it, they're my pick to win because I don't know their place in AEW right now. They were doing some trio stuff. Seems like they're out of there. Again, AEW could use them in the tag division. I, I think, I think it might be top flight if they're in this thing. Yeah. I think that's a good, I think that's a really good pick. I'll throw a dark horse in there. Uh, no, uh, pun intended i guess but uh, the work horsemen if they have if they get in this thing they, they they're in for a push somewhere like and, and it looks like it'll be ring of honor they gotta do something with those guys and there would be like instant credibility if they somehow like won that ladder match people would be like they wouldn't see it coming but like those guys are so good in the ring and they're such a good tag team that they could really hold those titles and like so i want to throw them out there's like a possibility maybe that the war horsemen are, are in there maybe they even win um, but I think top flight's a really good choice. I think that's probably the one that I would go with given don't really know where they're at in AEW right now, but they could be like the main tag team in ring of honor right now to make perfect sense. I, I, I love the workhorsemen. I'm all for that. I hope they're in the match cause they should be showcased more. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Still, still a few weeks away. They're going to announce some more teams. Uh, I was going to say when we transition to the Indies, start, start with mine, please. Cause I can parlay that into what i okay. want to talk about here all right here we go i'm gonna give a big motherfucking shout out your indie spotlight this week steven jensen is culture inc eli knight and malik Bosetta, uh winning the action tag team championships from violence is forever dominic Rini and kevin Koo. jensen thoughts on this match so the reason well first i'll say on the match itself great match shout out to malik and eli culturing winning those titles especially because the finish of the match they do this like doomsday springboard blockbuster move yeah and the the top rope was loose so like eli like hits that rope and it sinks down like past the middle rope and he still pulled off the move which is like massive credit to him both those guys are really talented i've been watching eli knight as a singles guy a bit more than i've seen malik um, and Eli has been ready for a minute to really break out. And I love that this is happening together with Malik and with, uh, and with Eli, both of, both of those guys are, are really talented. Um, so huge, huge win for them winning the, the action tag team titles. And I thought the match was really good. Bounces forever to have been the champions for a long ass time too. Like, so this was a big win. And the reason I wanted you to transition right into this spot, like coming off what we just talked about, I talked about this on the weekender as well. I don't have any inside information on this, but just based on signs that I'm seeing, 
I feel like Violence is Forever is gearing up to go somewhere. I don't know if that's going to be WWE. I don't know if that's going to be AEW. I feel like Ring of Honor would make a lot of sense, though. Um, and that's why I wanted to bring it up now, because I could see VIF maybe even being in this match. I could see them being a part of the Ring of Honor tag team division. They just lost the action titles. They lost the Bang Bros recently. They're, they're starting to, like, lose belts. And they're not signed anywhere, because, like, they left MLW not too long ago. So, like, they're free agents. They've been getting work all over the world. They're kind of out of stuff to accomplish on the indies. They've won, like, every title you can, worked everywhere. They're the main events everywhere as, as singles guys and as tag team guys, Koo and Greeny both. So, like, I just kind of feel like, once again, this is a gut feeling. I feel like we're going to see Bounces Forever and Ring of Honor soon. Just a, just a gut feeling. So, I wanted to throw that out there, too. Um uh, and, may, and, if, and if and when that happens, we'll definitely talk about it right here on this show. I think they'd be spectacular for like NXT as well. Like, and then eventually Raw or SmackDown. But I think they'd really, this is not me r- ripping them for saying they should be an NXT 2.0. I think they would have badass matches with like the Creed Brothers and stuff. Like they would like, they would actually, it'd be a really good experience for them. It's a, it's a difference between you saying this is like an indie team who doesn't have that experience. <laughs> and then you saying, you saying it with like Karrion Cross, who's been on, television and has been I, I don't know if he's worked many events i think he's worked television many events but been a former like nxt champion and everything mm-hmm. it's like oh this this guy's great in nxt 2.0 big yeah. difference here Jensen. well regardless that so shot so to put a bow on that because i know i'm running low on time but you know shout out to culturing for winning the action tag titles and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for Bounces Forever. I once again, I have no idea if anything is coming soon for them, but I just, I just a gut feeling that I've got. Uh, you can watch the match on IWTV. Uh, use the code Fight Talk. Um, real, really good match. They, they sold me a couple times on it. The the Muscle Buster followed by I think it was the Double Stomp by Garini and, and Koo. I was really sold on that one. The Shooting Star Press when Garini uh, had I think he had Malik in the choke and then Knight hit the Shooting Star Press. Um, off of that, like I thought that was going to be the win. Who who is the I, I forget the name. I apologize. Uh, the manager for Culture Inc. Like he has some great reactions oh, on the outside. Now you're putting me on the spot. Oh no, <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad when someone I'm not expecting a question like that. Um, Culture Inc. He he does. He's this great reaction. Like quick. when it looks like they're about to get the near fall. Like, he knows like the camera's right there. He just like turns to the camera and just like mugs for it. Like it's it was so good. It was so perfect. Um, someone in the chat's yeah. got to know. But yeah, if you Mike if you from Indy, do you still in here? Someone's looking up. I can't think if of a you, name off the top of my head either. Oh, d- all good. Don't 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 worry about it. Apologies to to him. Um, but he he's great. Uh, sorry that we forgot your name on the show. You rule. Um, but yeah, really good match. It's on IWTV. Everyone can can go check that out. My spotlight, Jensen, and there's a reason I'm spotlighting it the, for this way. It's Kashida and Loki. From House of Glory this past weekend. House of Glory's been on Fight Plus. This this show, not on Fight Plus. And I really want to watch this match. And I'm basically calling out Fight Plus and House of Glory of like, what are we doing here? House of Glory is great. They get they do a lot of good independent shows. They get a lot of type names. They're booking Kushida and Moki. Like, this is a match I want to see. And for some reason, these shows aren't on Fight Plus anymore. They said they're going to upload the the Alec Price and Charles Mason match to YouTube, which I'm like, okay, good. But like, can we get on that? I think House of Glory is a really good promotion. And again, they they book a lot of top guys on the independent scene. And I'd like to give them more love 
uh, they, they do great when it comes to like messaging me and promoting and things like that, like getting, getting themselves out there. Like I, I need a stronger, more stable platform for house of glory. And I thought we had that with fight plus. So not being able to see this on fight plus very disappointing for me. Yeah. Well, I think it didn't originally air on fight, but they just haven't uploaded the, the replay yet. No, I didn't see it. It just didn't air at all. Yeah. Um, because I, I know, be well, like, so what it's, for what it's worth, the match is available on YouTube. Somebody, somebody like took a video of it, like on their phone or something. So like, you can watch the match. It's, it's up there. I, that's where I watched it. Um, the finish was great, by the way. So like Loki goes for the key crusher. Kushida like holds onto the ropes to like avoid it. And, and he's been working his arm as he always does going for like the, the, um, Kimura and stuff like that. The hoverboard lock. Um, and, and basically, at the end of the match, he can't get Kushida up for the move because his arms hurt. And Kushida just like leaps right up into him and like locks on a hoverboard lock. Like it's kind of hard to explain, but he literally just jumps right up onto him, locks it in. And what I loved about the finish is he rolled it over because he was trying to escape the the Kimura and um Kushida kept it locked in. And he pinned him for the three count with the Kimura. So like, it wasn't a submission. It was the way that he rolled. He kept him locked in it and held him down for the three count. So um, it was, it was a badass match. And I, I don't know if I should be endorsing that you, know, you can find it free on YouTube or not. Um, but you know, if house of glory, isn't going to make it available anywhere to where you can watch it. That's, you know, there is a fan who did us all the service of putting it on YouTube. If you want to check it out. So I love that Loki kicks out right at three, two. Pop well, he initially kicks out at like two. And then, yeah. like, they recount it for three, and then he kicks. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's low key. It just <laughs> is what it is. Like, the guy's still super entertaining, but like, gotta be just a disaster to to deal with. So, well, House of Glory gets him though. Like, they no, they get course. him, and he's still well, him, and, yeah. him and Red are boys forever. You know, like I mean, yeah. like Red runs. I mean, so it's yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but right. But th- this is I need low key. I need a- access to to <sighs> current low key matches, not this Honor Club. Loki, which is also great. Loki rules, man. One of the <laughs> best. Just one. I can't wait for him to show up at WrestleMania weekend, looking like the friggin' Punisher, John Wick, just being like, "What are we doing tonight, boys? Who, who's, uh, who's getting kicked in the damn face? Oh going down for real? <laughs> who's getting kicked for real in the face by me? Yeah, yeah. Loki, Loki's the best. All right, Jensen. Let everybody know where where they can find you at. All right. Yeah, we're gonna go clock in for the shoot job. Um. Loki, Loki, yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah. You can find you can find me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. You can use code Fight Talk and IndependentWrestling.tv. Um. Please subscribe to the Fightful Select, or please subscribe to Fightful Select and listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. It's every Sunday, talking mainly the world of independent professional wrestling. Um. We'll find out who the manager for Culture Inc. is. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's what's really bothering me is I can picture that person wearing like the black hat and the black, like the black gear inside. I know exactly who you're talking about. We'll find out who that is. We'll eventually interview all of Culture Inc. for y'all and we'll make it up to y'all. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, I, I, I know I can get those guys. Um, but anyways, that all said, um, you're about to hear an interview from Hunter Drake who recently won the New South Haas tournament. Um, great interview, great conversation. Hope y'all enjoy it. Good seeing everyone in the chat today. Good seeing you, Jeremy. And I will talk to y'all. I guess I'll be right here next week, same time, same place. But you'll hear it from me again on the Fightful platforms uh, 
this Sunday, Fight Plus Life Weekender podcast. See ya. There you go, everybody. All right, let's get into our interview with Hunter Drake. Uh, as Jensen mentioned, he won the New South Hoss tournament this past weekend, or two weeks ago, apologies. Uh, he won that two weeks ago. So we talk about that. We talk about uh, potential WrestleMania plans, things he's got going on there. He trained with Dr. Tom Pritchard and Kane at their school during COVID times. So we got into that a little bit. Um, and just a few other things uh, regarding the the independent scene and specifically the, the Southeast scene. So really fun interview with Hunter Drake. And here we go, everybody. Our creator spotlight with New South uh, Haas Tournament winner 2023, Hunter Drake. Welcome to the creator spotlight, the interview portion of the spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Stephen Jensen, as always, with Jeremy Lambert. And today, our guest is a three-time New South Tag Team Champion and the winner of the 2023 Haas Tournament. We are joined today by Hunter Drake. Thank you for joining us. How's it going, man? Good, bro. How are you guys? I'm excited to be here. We're happy to have you, man. Yeah, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Much appreciated, especially coming off the big uh Haas tournament victory yes, tell us just tell us about that that, that whole experience and then wi- winning it yo so okay so Haas was Haas was wild um if you don't know last year i was in the Haas tournament for the first time in my career and i was put out round one by alec price so this year uh round one it was me and marcus dylan uh he's a big new south guy um Beat him and ended up wrestling Myron Reed round two, one of my mentors in this business, someone who's helped me since day one. Um, that match was fire, fire, and ended up beating him with the Purple Haze 450. And then the finals was me, um, one of my very best friends, Dylan McQueen, one of my other very best friends in Brogan Finley. And then someone else who has helped me since day one of my wrestling career, uh, Stallion Rogers. And yeah, uh, I think Dylan eliminated Stallion, Brogan eliminated Dylan, and then it was me and Brogan, Heartbreak Hoss, and I got the one, two, three on him. And it's crazy because, like, I don't know if you also know this, but in 2018 was the first time New South had the Hoss tournament, and I was actually in the crowd during that time i was a fan watching them so it's just it's crazy to it's a crazy feeling when you feel like a goal you set so long ago finally finally pay off it's it's amazing i i love you bringing that up because um someone else we've had on the show before Jaden newman um i talked to him when he was in the crowd as a fan at sci like uh, this had to have been probably six plus years ago he had, he was wrestling but he, you know he was still like a teenager at the time yeah. and, and his goal was i was just talking to him with the crowd because i knew a little bit about him and he was like yeah just my big goal is like to just get in this tournament one day and then like to win this tournament one day and then he fast forward you know like six years or whatever and he won the tournament you know the most recent year and yeah. it's just really cool seeing this whole kind of group of y'all who are roughly around the same age all kind of in your early 20s right now um, kind of all breaking through together and having so much success kind of all at, the, all at the same time right now. It's awesome. Oh yeah. It's awesome. And it does feel like a true brotherhood with a lot of those guys too. Jaden being one of them. Yeah. Can you speak more to, to, to Jaden and kind of what they're doing out of Chattanooga? Cause I feel like that's still kind of slept on kind of that whole scene out there. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. They got a lot of good stuff out in Chattanooga. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And also, I don't want to gloss past this. You, you mentioned guys like Myron Reed and Stalin Rogers really helping you out um, kind of since day one. Can, uh, can you speak more to that? Because, you know, Rogers was a guy really big in the Southeast, especially. Um, and then Myron Reed is, you know, the, the the fourth rascal, like a guy who I just feel like doesn't get the same kind of love the other ones do for whatever reason, but he's been out there killing it for so long. Oh, yeah, for so long. That's funny because my first ever independent show I ever went to, I saw uh, Myron go one-on-one with Austin Theory, and that was actually at New South. Um, and that was in 2018. And since that match, I've been always been a fan of Myron. But um, I wrestled Jordan Oliver in 2020, August 2020. And Myron's told me, he's like, dude, Jordan – he put you over. Jordan loved you so much. He's like, so I felt the need to take you under my wing as well because whoever Jordan fucks with, I fuck with. So, um, yeah, Myron's the man. Kurt, uh, I did his seminar in 2018, and it was like a beginner seminar. And me and my two buddies had just started training like two months prior to this. And it was literally just us three in the seminar. So we got to like have really good one-on-one with Kurt. And he's been someone who's always checked on me. And he's always making sure I'm doing good and working hard. And, yeah, those two guys, alongside Jordan Oliver, that's three people that's helped me a lot in professional wrestling. You, you mentioned your training. You started uh, a couple months before the seminar and says you were trained by Dr. Tom and, and Mayor Kane. What, what was that experience like training with them? So I, start, I actually started training in 2018 with New South um, and then – I started having matches 2019 and then in 2020 I ended up moving to where I live now in Sevierville, Tennessee and it's an hour from the Jacob Pritchard's wrestling academy. And so yeah, I signed up for that and so 2020 I was the summer class and dude, that Dr. Tom's brain to professional wrestling, there is nobody else on this planet that thinks the way that that man does. I give him all of my praise. Dr. Tom is a genius. He took me from here and he blasted me off. And without him, I would still be the scared kid trying to figure out how to do a cool flip every five minutes. And I would not know. I would not know nearly as much as I do. So shout out Dr. Tom. He is he is a goat. And Glenn, too. Glenn really helps with the the speaking part, the promos and the character and incorporating all of that with the moves they they both they're a great team down there you mentioned that was summer 2020 so that was during covid times like how like so training during covid like how how did that all work oh we had to wear masks while training (laughs) for the first like four weeks and then finally they let us take them off because they just it got so hot in the building because he didn't have ac so we just opened up like all the doors so he's like all right i guess we don't need the mask but if Glenn comes in, y'all better put the mask on. <laughs> so yeah, but nah, it it was it was tight. It was like fourteen of us in my class, and it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Was there anyone else out of that class that like stands out or that's kind of like out there right now? Uh yeah, uh it was. Let's see, current guys out of that class that are traveling around competing. Me, um, all business. Tyler Franks, my former tag partner. Of course. Um. In one half of the NWA US Tag Team Champions, AJ Kazana, he was in that class. And then uh, Tennessee Sunshine, Billy Tipton. That's the four that 
kind of came out of my class and started traveling around and wrestling and stuff. And the others, I really don't know what happened to them. <laughs> they kind of disappeared. It's a good, that's a good group there. Um, yeah. We, uh, we interviewed Mouse just a few weeks ago, and he was he was out there trying to find out what happened to Billy Tipton because you hadn't seen him in a minute. And, uh, <laughs> I saw I saw I saw Billy actually pop up on a show just like just the other day actually. So yeah. Billy's Billy's alive and well. Just made his um, TV return. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, uh, another guy, you know, you, you just mentioned. I was going to ask you um, about your tag team, um, the Talladega Knights, because that was how you really started getting on my radar. Was your team with Tyler Franks, um, both being these young guys, just got super over with this crowd, and like y'all have split sense and both doing really cool things uh, individually. But what was that whole kind of come up like with him as a tag team, dude? So me and Tyler's come up is actually insane because I've known Tyler since I was like eight years old i met him through our school playing on the same t-ball team his dad was our coach and so we literally met started watching wrestling together and we've been best friends ever since um even though now i i hate you i hate you, I hate you. <laughs> but um yeah so we we both went to that first new south show together we both sat in the crowd at Haas together we both started training there together and then when I moved to Tennessee, he moved to Tennessee with me. We both went to JPWA together. We've had a wild ride. Um, we started as uh, like a little security team at New South called Thunder Child Security. And we were wearing just these suits with these yellow ties. And we were the security for their former general manager at the time. And all we would do every single show, no matter what would happen, the end of our our segment would be Dump Sanders giving us a double choke slam every single time, and it all, and it got to the point where the whole crowd every single time, as soon as we walked out, they're like, "Choke slam! Here comes choke slam! It's gonna be a choke slam!" They just knew, and so we went on that. We were on that ride for about eight months, and then finally we turned on the GM, and we became Talladega Knights, and literally we turned on him. August of 2019 and in October 2019 we won the new South tag titles it was like the fastest uh rise to the top in their tag division that they had ever seen and now you fast forward to today and we're probably the best tag team new South's ever had only three-time new South tag team champions to this day and yeah uh yeah seeing with Tyler was was great and I mean you know Maybe one day Talladega Knights can get another run now that we're both on top of our game and we can see what we're really made of. But you never know. Um, I want to ask you about wrestling for – well, actually, real quickly, going back, you mentioned that you were watching wrestling uh, with Tyler when you were eight years old. Like, What, what got you into wrestling? What first caught your eye? Um. The first thing I saw from wrestling was, uh, well, it was my buddies at school. They're like telling me about wrestling and stuff, and you guys check it out. You got to check it out. So it was Friday, and I turned on a SmackDown, and it was Jericho versus Rey Mysterio. And I remember I just I was sitting at my grandmother's house at the time, and I was just like, this is wild. Seeing Rey Mysterio, it was like so something I'd never seen before, like real-life superhero stuff. And – I just remember it was when Ray and Jericho were having the big rivalry in 2009 and Jeff Hardy was there and CM Punk was there. And so I tuned in 
I just started tuning in every single week. But the, the thing that really, really stuck me was 2009 breaking point. It was John Cena versus Randy Orton. I quit match the most random match ever, but the, it was just like the storytelling to my eight year old self, the way that John Cena took so much punishment and did not give up. It spoke to me in a language that nobody had ever spoke to me before. And to this day still can't speak to me. It, that had that hooked me on John Cena and hooked me on professional wrestling for the rest of my life. I mean, that is the hook, right? I mean, literally, like, that's exactly what they're going for is like young kids see John Cena never gives <laughs> up, and you, you know, yeah, that's it, it, it worked on you. That, that's yeah, pretty right. incredible. Sad. <laughs> uh, talk to us about your, your experience at, at GCW and specifically <laughs> the most recent, the GCW versus New South event. Oh yeah, that was hot. That that whole weekend was hot. Uh yeah, I've done I've done a, a handful of GCW shows now. Um the first one I did was uh Jimmy Lloyd's DF in 2021 in Tampa. It was I was in the scramble on that one. And then then I think I did the Josh Bishop spot at a JCW. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Oh, Threw man. me on the back of the chairs and everything. Was, thought I died. Ooh, that, that was brutal. Yeah, that but was for, for people who haven't that, seen that, y'all go to go out of your way. This is one of the most nasty bumps <laughs> you're going to see. It, yes. Yeah. It was nuts. I think that kind of got, got me some points with some of the guys there and got me some more coming back, coming back. But no, GCW has been great. It's every time – I feel like I'm on cloud nine every time I'm in their ring. Their fans are just like no other in the world right now. Um, And GCW versus New South, I had probably match of my life against Blake Christian. That was the fans and just how much they love me and how much they appreciate me and get behind me. That just puts me in a feeling like, like no other. Like I said about the John Cena thing, it's that same feeling. I'm like in a whole different world, whole different mindset, and I was so locked in. And that match is just – if you haven't seen it, I I suggest go watch it on Fight. But GCW, yeah, I, I love GCW. I love being a part of GCW. I, I want to be a part of GCW more this year, more next year, and so on and so forth. Yeah, if you're hearing this, Brett Lauderdale, if you happen to come across this, GCW in Atlanta on 421. I want to see Hunter Drake there. Just throwing it out there. So You heard that, Brett. You heard that. Yeah. Hit me with yeah. the yo. Yeah. There, there. Hit me with the um, yo. Um, uh, you know, some, some other guys you had, you had mentioned, you mentioned Dom Sanders. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on him and Caban Man Dan, two people that are like obviously highly instrumental in, in New South, and I'd imagine your career as well. Definitely, definitely. Dumb. I mean, I, I owe everything to Dumb. Dumb's the one that first put me in a ring, first got me trained, first ha- gave me. I tell everyone that uh, Dumb carries some heat with some people around our area for no reason. And like I don't, I don't know. I just, ne- I've never understood it because Dump has been nothing but stand up, honest, sh- straightforward, and always done anything that he could to help me with anything that I needed. So Dump, Dump is the man for sure. And Cabana Mandan, Cabana Mandan is actually the one that named the Talladega Nights. Fun fact for you, Dan is awesome. I've, I've known Dan from since I first started. Dan's helped me come from here to here. Dan has helped me so much, and 
Yeah, I, I want to wrestle Dan one on one because the only time we've ever wrestled was at this New South bar show that got it rained in the middle of the show. It just started pouring rain, and me and Dan were on after the rain. So everything we were gonna do, it was just like, nah, let's just see what happens, so we don't break our legs. <laughs> and yeah, I want I want a rematch with Dan because that one wasn't top tier, and we gotta have a top tier match. But no, I love Dan. I love I love Dump both. I love wrestling Dan and Dump when Talladega Knights wrestled them. Yeah, they're they're awesome. They're both awesome. You're you're gonna be returning to Jimmy Lloyd's show for this this upcoming collective. You got Jack Cartwheel. Talk to us about that match and then other potential plans for the collective this year. Dude, it, me and Jack Cartwheel, that's a match I've I've wanted for a while. I met I met Jack at a Coastal Championship Wrestling in Nashville last summer. And I remember the first thing I told him, I was like, I'm a big fan of yours and I want to wrestle you so bad. <laughs> so when they announced that match, I was like, yeah. <laughs> but no, we're gonna we're gonna play win to keep myself on on the GCW radar. Gotta beat Jack Cartwheel. Um, my LA debut, LA is somewhere that I've wanted to go my entire life. So I'm very, very excited for that. And other plans for the collective, I'll, I want to do anything, everything, anything I can. I'll, I'll wrestle anyone, anytime, anywhere, any place. And it will be five stars every single time. <laughs> Feel free to call somebody out. You know, you know we, we sometimes talk about manifesting on this show, but throw it out there. Like, I want this person. Give me, give me this person. Okay, I want El Vikingo. Come on. Oh, Come there on, you go. See? Throw it out there. You never know. You never know what, what can happen me. if you throw the name out there. I love that. In injury might occur. Somebody might have to miss the show because of travel. There's a lot of L.A. traffic. They'll be like, Hunter, you got your gear? Come on. You're, you're taking on Vikingo. It's wrestling, right so you never well, know. That's right. Yeah, that's let's right. go. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, what do you like to do in, in kind of your, your downtime when you're uh, taking a break from wrestling? Um, I like to I like to play Fortnite, play a lot of Fortnite. Um, okay. Yeah, big Fortnite. <laughs> um, I hey, bro, like to, I got you, man. I got, I got my little ninja, my little ninja here. My, oh, my, yeah, my, let's go. Got, Got, got my got my got my dark voyager yeah dude, I, I actually I, I still i still get important all the time man i love hearing that <laughs> yes Thank that's you. awesome yeah i love fortnite um i love uh going i love going and doing things with my friends like going outside like we like to go kayaking and swimming and hiking and all that um and i love i love music i love listening to music i love all kinds of music, big, big music fan. So, yeah. Throw out some uh, there's a slight connection issues. Uh, so that's why there's a little bit of delay. Apologies for that. Throw throw out some some artists that you like to listen to, whether it's just uh, on a walk, on a hike, or working out. Yeah, you're good. Uh, I'm a big Juice World fan, big Lil okay. Peep fan. Um Um, and then like other sides like uh like rock i like guns and roses sweet child of mine right there i like uh 
I like Creed. I like uh, Stained. Yeah, and I like country music. You know, I'm from Alabama, so what do you expect? You you feel too young for the Creed and Stained. This is what I was listening to. Oh, when bro, I was like twelve and thirteen <laughs> and everything. You weren't born yeah. yet. <laughs> Yeah, bro. You know, I was hearing on my mom's radio. I, I was soaking it in. <laughs> That's Creed, awesome. He, I mean, he, he, Creed he WWE legends. And also, oh, oh I was yeah. gonna say, in Stained, like you know, he he went country, which is crazy. Yeah. Aaron Lewis, which yeah, I mean, he's badass doing that, which is yeah, know. yeah. I love I love. For a while, they were my top band. Sorry, I had a little connection issue there. Yeah, it's been, it's been jumping in and out a little bit. Apologies, everybody. Uh, it's probably mom. That's all good. That's actually a little bit better now. Um, the other qu- a question I had for you that I didn't want to forget to uh, to bring up. Uh, well, a statement and then a question, I guess. The um, the Uncharted Territory season was uh, was you know really big on IWTV. Um, you know, Southeast first this year, being being in the Southeast, which was a uh, Really cool how they changed it up, and you were a big part of that show. You and the Last Laugh Stable. Um, what was it like doing that with you know Nick Iggy, Kenzie Page, Dylan McQueen, like everyone involved in that? Like that that was a really cool group. That was like a really big focus of like the whole series. Oh yeah, that that was that's a highlight of my career, and I will, I will never forget last summer for sure. Last Laugh was so so much fun. It was so much fun. I mean, me and my girl Kenzie obviously. And then you got Dylan McQueen, our, our bet, one of our best friends. And then Nick Iggy, who's someone I hadn't worked with as much until last year, but ever like, since we met, boom, we clicked. He loves bullshit and I love bullshit and we love bullshit in each other. We love bullshit in other people. Nick Iggy is, I always put on Twitter, Nick Iggy is King. Nick Iggy is God. That's because Nick Iggy is, he really is the man. He's so smart. He's such a, a great wrestler. I, I love Nick Iggy. Yeah. And Kenzie and Dylan all the last laugh was a group. I, I really wish coming out of Uncharted that the last laugh would have got to do more on the independent scene. I really do, but I don't, I don't know just how it played out. We're we're all still together at a new level pro wrestling though, in outside of Alabama. Um, their new level pro, the new level pro tag team champions are Dylan and Nick, and then. I'm the new level pro middleweight champion of three years and still going. Um, so yeah. So last laugh still lives. Check out new level pro on YouTube. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. Cause I was going to ask you why I haven't seen more of y'all as a group since the, since the show. So that actually clears it up. There was no real reason outside of just did hasn't matched up. Right. Right. Just schedules hasn't matched up and places haven't matched up and all that. But no, we all four absolutely love traveling together. If anyone wants to bring in the last laugh, hit me up. We will make it happen. The last laugh are the four bestest of friends. And the fact, (laughs) hey, I will say the fact that the last laugh didn't compete in the IWTV tag team championship tournament. I don't know. I don't know. Don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think you have a legitimate gripe there. <laughs> Same. Oh, Jensen's ready to shoot on IWTV over this. I can tell. I'm gonna shoot it. 
No. Where was the last laugh, though? Yeah. I agree. Anyway, hey, that's a good shout out, too. About, I, I know, I, I obviously, everyone involved, a, a fan of everyone there, but, you know, I, uh, I got to see Nick Iggy over the years, um, mainly like the Nashville area. And, um, it's been, it's been his career trajectory is so interesting to me because he was such a well-known guy, him and carry off as the, as the carnies and all the training that they do and crux mm -hmm. and everything. Um, but I always felt like it, Nick just like never broke out to be as big as I like always thought he was going to be. But then like, you see flashes of it. Like you see like in uncharted territory, he becomes like the guy, and then it just feels like he just kind of like he doesn't get lost, but it's just like I feel like he'd be he should be more of a focus in more places right. that he's at. It's just my my personal opinion. No, I, I agree a hundred percent with that. That that's nothing but facts. Iggy's been the man since day one when I met him in like 2017, 18. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. Was there a moment for you? You're still young in your career. You have a hopefully a long and prosperous career ahead. But has there been a moment for you where you shared the ring with somebody where something just like clicked and you were like, all right, this, this is, I, I'm good at this shit. Like th this is, this is for me. Uh, yeah, th there's been a few. Definitely. I would say uh, me and Fuego del Sol, I felt like we clicked really, really well when we wrestled. Um, me and Jordan, every time I wrestled Jordan Oliver, I feel, I feel myself just get so much smarter and I feel like I definitely belong because he's so good at making me feel that way. Um, uh, Colby Carino, another one who has, who is one of my mentors, who's helped me a lot, and who, when I shared the ring with them, I was like, nah, this, like, this is it. This is, this is magic. Um, yeah, and then Myron too. Myron, I felt so. That just, that's one of the top five matches, top five moments I've had so far in my career was me and Myron, and the, the reaction we got, and the moment we shared afterwards in the ring. Man, I. I've brought this up before, but like it's Jordan Oliver comes up almost every time we talk to any wrestler and they're like, it's about somebody they're giving them advice or giving them confidence or just like relating to them. Like Jordan Oliver, we, it, that name comes up almost every time. So I just want to like make a point of that. Obviously yes. Jordan Oliver did something right out there. So shout out Jordan, dude. He's, he is the, in my opinion, he's the top, the top right now, top independent guy, top you, going. You got your eyes on that JCW title, dude. I want it. I want it, and I want my <laughs> match for it because I've beaten Jordan not once but twice, and Jordan's beaten me only once. Hey, you, you know, you've worked for GCW, JCW, JCW, very closely related there. I feel like you could, you could angle for this match here and get that match against Jordan and JCW. I feel like I could. I feel like this. Hey, this is will be the perfect call out too. So Jordan, if you're listening, you know JCW title is coming to Hunter Drake. Brett, as soon as you crush. put it on the line, as soon as you put it on the line. <laughs> Brett, Man, Orange Crush. They, 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 they listen to our show. They watch our show. We, they we let them make know. it happen. Hit me up. Let's make <laughs> it happen. J JCW is putting together some really good stuff right now. Like it looks like, you know, like Griffin's angling for a shot at Jordan. They got uh Bishop and, and Alec are both like buying for, you know, the, who's the real battle bull, you know, champion and whoever gets that, like probably have up next. Like they're really putting some contenders there for Jordan and like Jordan being that champion. I, people need to be, and what's so cool. And I'm, I'm not paid or endorsed by JCW, GCW, anything okay. like this, but the, if you're, if you like indie wrestling at all, 
it's free on GCW's YouTube channel. You just go on there. Yeah. It's usually the afternoon before one of their big shows. Mm-hmm. Just check it out. Like I, I love those JCW afternoon shows. So much good wrestling for free. So much. Any places that you mentioned Los Angeles, you're, you're traveling out there for WrestleMania weekend, any other like big time towns or maybe even small time that you've heard good things about. like, I need to, I need to get out there and feel what that crowd is like. Um, uh, I would say, well, definitely UK. I know it's not, you know, town, but definitely no, the UK. Got to get, I got to get out there. I've heard nothing but great things about the UK and their wrestling scene. And obviously I've seen all great things. Um, I want to also another country. I want to go to Canada. I feel like Canada is really starting to pop off slowly with the independent wrestling. I, IWS just did the show with GCW. They, they look really, yeah. really good. Um. Yeah, I've I've been to a lot of cities that I've like that I've wanted to go to. I love going to New York. I love wrestling in New York. Their crowd is always wild. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any like one particular, because it was L. It was always L. A. Oh, oh, definitely Vegas. That's it. Definitely. Yeah. Vegas. Uh, they they have good. They have a good wrestling scene coming out of Las Vegas. I feel like, and I, I would love to. I would love to wrestle there. I know Future Stars of Wrestling is is kind of the big thing in in Vegas, and I imagine there would be some indie shows, Double or Nothing, weekend. Yeah, that, there there has to be, right? Yeah, get get yeah. a trip out there for that. Anybody in the the UK or the Canada scene that uh, any of those local talents that uh, you're like, hey, I'd like to like to go up against this guy. Uh, UK uh, definitely Joe Lando. Oh yeah, definitely got Joe Lando. Y'all will match up yeah. perfect with each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, Joe Lando's the man. He's so cool and he's so good in the ring. And he's only like a year older than me. He's so young and yeah, I definitely want to wrestle him. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I know mean, you just brought up the uh the Montreal uh the IWS show that he's had in Montreal that that, that joined Joe the show at GCW. That venue ruled. Like those fans ruled. That like I it made me want to make a trip to Montreal to just check out some mini wrestling up there because I mean that scene, like you said, insult hand in hand. Sami Zayn's getting white hot on on TV, and they're doing elimination elimination chamber there, and Owens, and you got all that stuff out of Montreal. Speedball, of course, out of Montreal, killing it all over the place. So, dude, I, I think that's uh, that I, I would love to see, dude. And then the UK, I yeah, you you versus Joe Lando is uh, that's we're gonna make that match happen. So we must. That's our goal. Yes, that's that our one. goal. Come on, I love that. <laughs> Uh, any any weird places that that you have wrestled? You got to the venue and you're like, what what is this setup? Like, <laughs> there has to be in Alabama. Here? There has to be. <laughs> oh, whew. I can give you about ten in Alabama. <laughs> um, what, what's the weirdest place where you just walked in? And you're like, what's what's going on here? Yo, the weirdest place I ever wrestled was this arena, and it's shut down now. But it was out of a. Uh, Ardmore, Tennessee slash Ardmore, Alabama, because it's a city that's right on the state line. And they used to run a, a show every Wednesday there. It was an hour from where I used to live called Elkmont Wrestling Alliance and EWA. And so we go, they had an old building, but they got kicked out for a bunch of random stuff. So we go to this new building when they finally get back up and running. Then they hit me up and they're like, hey, we're running again. Come this Wednesday. We're going to have a show. I go and it's like 
this weird like theater looking building turns out it was actually like an old porn theater <laughs> and that yeah so talk about the weirdest places i've ever wrestled that one the the scary like the scariest looking was the houston premier arena i just went there for wrestle rave and i was that i could not find it it was in the like most back of an alley area but i mean when you go in it's a nice arena it's nice but just the outside of it i was like wolf i don't know where i'm at <laughs> how many wrestling arenas do we think are old porn arenas old <laughs> <foreign> <laughs> Yo, I would I would hate to hold a black light to them. <laughs> yeah. Do we, Jeremy? We just inter we just interviewed somebody that said they got trained in a in a in a strip club, like just, just yeah, week. Bobby Flacco, Bobby yeah, Flacco. They, that's right. That's the right. WWE yeah. Four, the old the old yeah. uh, gym there, which used to be a strip club. So. Oh wow, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, Bobby told us that last week that's yes right. i I can't, I can't imagine what these buildings like used to be and what we used to run in and out of these buildings <laughs> yeah yeah there's some rough ones out there 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 are <laughs> hey um i got something for you um you want to put over carmen michael on the show he uh he, he saw some clips last week when we brought him up so i figure if you want to put him over now would be a good time for that hey shout out carmen michael dude Dude came into New South in 2020, and, and since he has walked in, he has done nothing but make the locker room, the show, the product as great as he can. So shout, yeah, shout out Carmen. Carmen is the man, and I feel like Carmen don't get as much respect as he deserves. And, yeah, so Carmen, I know you're going to be listening to this. You are loved, and you are the man. And keep doing what you're doing because we all appreciate you very much. There you go. He is he is great at promoting j just New South and the the scene in general. He's always messaging me, sending me results and anything I can promote and run. I appreciate all of that stuff. Look, let's everybody help each other when it comes to promoting yes. this stuff, and you know it doesn't it doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, last one for you, Hunter. We ask everybody this question. Well, hold on, cool. on before before we oh, go, okay, go ahead. Real quick, I have yeah. one one last wrestling related question. I just want to get out there real quick. Um, you you mentioned like you know people like Carmen kind of maybe underrated overlooked out there in the scene two guys i just wanted your quick opinions on because okay when I, when I think of new south especially alabama that area um two names that i feel like are it's just a matter of time before they're like massive in wrestling and i kind of don't know how it hasn't happened sooner um adam priest and Derek neal mm -hmm. um if you can just kind of elaborate on those two guys because i feel like i mean i know i know adam was just over there wrestling uh in, in uh uh germany against uh jaden which is awesome yeah i know there was this big this like big like uh ground like a like a movement to try to get Derek neal involved in the nwa a couple years ago and it didn't happen for whatever reason that was a giant miss on on billy corrigan's oh moment. huge miss um so yeah just if you want to throw just some some stuff out there about uh, adam priest and Derek neal yeah yeah uh Derek is dude Derek is one of the best wrestlers going today for sure me and Derek have had I think two matches and both of them were top tier. I, I love both of them. I still love going back and watching them. Um, yeah, he, he's so easy. He's so, so cool. Uh, Priest, Priest is awesome. I don't think I've ever wrestled Priest one-on-one. -on -one, so another thing really to make happen. Wow. I can't believe that's never happened. I know. I've, I've wrestled him in uh, tag matches and we had, we had like a three series tag match with him and uh, Steven Michaels when they were a tag team. 
and that was a lot of fun. Me and me and Priest got to do a lot of stuff. And Priest has been one of my boys since like when I first started. He was always at New South. But yeah, so so I've known I've known Priest for a while. I remember being like 19 years old and sitting in the Waffle House parking lot chugging beers, me and Priest and uh Kevin Ryan just right before we went in there. Uh yeah, Pri Priest is hilarious. He he's the man. And Derek Neal too. He he came I think he came to New South in 2019 and he had his real come up in 2020 when he won the Hoss tournament and we wrestled in 2020 and 2021 and both times yeah he's he's awesome Derek Derek's dope yeah and definitely yeah. a miss by NWA I I agree 100% and um and yeah shout out Kevin Ryan I know you wrestled him like really early, early on as well and he's another guy I've followed for a long time that like He's always been a little under the radar, but I love seeing when he pops up because he always shows out everywhere he's at. Yeah, dude, he, he's just someone who's just as crazy as me. We've had we've had some we've probably had over a hundred matches, tag singles, multi man together, and yeah, every time our chem that's one guy our chemistry is great. Okay, last question I got before Jamie closes it up. I know Kenzie Page is a girl. I know she's got the massive championship belt. Is your eye on that title there? Like, I mean, you got that's got to be a, like the goal for you being a New South guy to hold that oh, massive championship belt. Yeah, yeah. That's I told the New South fans after I won the Halls tournament that this was just this was a, a dream come true, but it's also just the start. It's the start of the the champion hard work. It's time for me to to really lock in, dial in, and focus for like the next four or five months because come New South anniversary eight in August. That's when I get my title shot. And whether it be Kenzie Page, which right now it's looking like it, how dominant her reign has been, or whether it be whoever dethrones her, I, it doesn't matter, to be honest. It, it really doesn't matter because I know that my time to be champion is now, and I will be nothing but ready walking into Anniversary 8. Because last year I fought Kenzie for the New South title at Anniversary 7, but you know she had to hit me upside the head with the belt to beat me so i mean i could be champion right now but we won't get into all that but yeah anniversary 8 august uh don't know the exact date yet i will i will definitely i'm definitely going to become new south champion there we go uh last one coolest thing in your room coolest thing in my room oh yeah. dude um wait i got you awesome definitely for me this is one and then i have another one but definitely the jpwa diploma nice oh, nice nice yes sir it's my prize it's my prize possession and then definitely big reveal coming up my favorite action figure that i own uh, Jericho, oh, Lionheart, oh, the Lionheart, nice. oh, it's great figure. My girl gave me well. that for Christmas, and uh, yeah, you can't beat that. That's my favorite figure that I own. Wow. And you said Jericho is what you got you in, into it as a fan. Yeah. Jericho and Mysterio. Jericho I remember that Cena. I, I remember that rivalry. I believe that was the time it was like the Intercontinental Title versus Mask type feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because my introduction to them was, you know, like ECW, but like the same guys. Jericho Jericho is my favorite of all time. So I think it's yeah. cool that Jericho got you in. Your favorite action figure is the Corazon de Leon. That's a great way to wrap this in. Hey, Jericho's awesome. the GOAT. The GOAT. 
I love it. I, I Jensen agrees. Jensen agrees. <laughs> I do. Uh, mine's Brian Danielson. I'm always right. Hey, hey, hey no hate on that. <laughs> <laughs> Just as good, bro. Just as good. That's my number one dream match, definitely. Me and Danielson. There you go. There you go. Uh, Hunter, let everybody know where they can find you at and, and what you got upcoming and things of that nature. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Hunter Drake. It's on that side. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Hunter Drake and Facebook Hunter Drake. Uh, upcoming, I have this coming Sunday, I'll be at New Level Pro going one-on-one with Kenzie, actually. Um, and then next weekend, I'll be at New South. And then the next weekend, we'll be in L.A. for GCW. So, yeah, yeah. There pretty big, pretty strong ending to March coming up. There you go. Everyone, go support. Check out what Hunter Drake has got going on. You can follow him on the Twitter. It's right there. There, there, there we go. Somewhere yeah. over there. Uh, hey, Jensen can do it a little bit better. Um, go follow him. Best of luck to you uh, upcoming weeks. And then again, just in the, in the future with all your career. And certainly uh, at the end of the month with uh, WrestleMania weekend and everything going on there. Uh, again, thank you for joining us tonight, Hunter, today. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. And guys, we'll be right back here on the spotlight. We are back. Thank you to Hunter Drake for joining us and for speaking to us about the Haas tournament, WrestleMania weekend training coming up, uh, putting over guys like Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver who have helped him out. Big shout out to Hunter Drake. Everybody go support Hunter. The link is in um, the description below. Go support him. Go support independent wrestling and other ways that you can support independent wrestling. You can go to fightfuloverbooked.com right now. Uh, my interview with Starboy Charlie just dropped this morning. You may have seen Starboy Charlie on AEW Rampage last week or AEW Dark Elevation this past week. He was the man in the overalls. Uh, I asked him about wrestling in overalls. This interview was recorded uh, about a month ago, but I did ask him about wrestling in overalls, and he explained why he wrestles in overalls. I also talked about Matt Cardona coming back from a gr- gruesome leg injury a couple years ago. So, Check out that interview with Starboy Charlie. Also on Fightful Overbooked, a new episode of Indeed just dropped with Mike and Righteous Reg. They interviewed Effie. Effie talked about Big Gay Brunch. He also talked about television wrestling, uh, getting his back carved up in a barbed wire match, and he took a nice little shot at Cody Rhodes. Uh, I won't spoil that for anybody, but if Steven Jensen hears that, he's going to be very mad at Effie. So... Everyone go check that out. That's up on indeed on fightfuloverbooked.com. Plenty of other content up on fightfuloverbooked.com. We have shows, content every single day, live shows almost every single day, new shows every single day. Go check it out. Go support us over there on fightfuloverbooked.com. We appreciate that. Everyone go to twitch.tv slash gaming. We're doing gaming streams. We've been playing some WWE 2K23 this week. Uh, we'll be playing a little bit more WWE 2K23 later on this week as well. Going to hopefully get on there, hopefully tomorrow, to play some 2K23. So check out that whenever I'm live on Twitch. But go over there to twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Throw us a sub. Throw us a follow. We appreciate that. Go to Fightful Select. Get all the scoops, all that fun stuff. Go to Fightful.com. Read all the articles. Stay up to date on all the news in professional wrestling. Later on tonight on this channel, youtube.com slash fightful we have day after dynamite that's actually later on today that's at 3 p.m eastern 
with Will Washington and a special guest reviewing last night's Dynamite. And then later on tonight, we have our ROH post-show with Kate and Righteous Reg. And after they are finished, immediately jumping on, smooth transition, Joel Pearl and Cresta will be doing the Impact post-show. There is an interview right now with Mayu Yamashita, with Scott Edwards. He is dropping more interviews with Joshi wrestlers, including one with Maki Ito that will be dropping here very soon. Check that out. No shortage of content here across three different Fightful platforms, whether it's the Fightful main channel, Fightful Overbooked, or twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Plenty of wrestling content, whether you are a casual fan who just likes the AEW, WWE stuff, whether you are a more hardcore fan who likes the independent scene and the Japanese scene, or whether you just like wrestling games. We got you covered all across all the bases here on Fightful. Guys, we appreciate it. We will be back next week on the Spotlight, covering the world of professional wrestling, talking to someone new. Everyone have a great Thursday. Don't follow me on Twitter. Follow Steven Jensen on Twitter, at FightTalk underscore. Bye, everybody. Leave us a thumbs up. Leave us a five-star review. All that fun stuff. Bye, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.